0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two, Two experts. experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's, Let's go, go to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about the assassination of President William McKinley.
1: And I'll be talking about a deeply disturbed young gamer. Oh, no, a gamer. A gamer. Oh, Norm.
2: I like gamers.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if you're going to like this one. He's deeply disturbed.
2: We're all disturbed <laughs> deep down as gamers. I
1: don't know anything about the assassination of President William McKinney.
2: McKinley. McKinley.
1: McK- I didn't
0: either, and I think that's what makes th- makes this so interesting. Ooh. Ooh, it'll feel kind of like a whodunit because you know nothing about the yes. case <laughs> besides the fact that spoiler alert, he dies. Nice.
1: <laughs> all right, are we ready? Ready. Hey, Kristen. You got uh, Hmm? some Smarties in your teeth over there? (laughs) You guys, thank you so
0: much to listeners Mark and Kathy. They sent us, um,
1: well, they sent us our favorite treat, which are very difficult to find here, but apparently on every street corner in Canada, Twizzler nibs. uh, Delicious. There was even
0: French on the package, which felt kind of Uh, fancy. fancy. They were like fancy nibs. And then was it, did Mark
1: and Kathy send you Smarties too? Uh,
2: they sent me Smarties, which is a hundred times better than m Okay,
1: so this is blew my mind because I know Smarties to be those like little sugar candies that we have yeah. in the United States. It's not a m like candy. Uh, far superior to m if you ask Norm. Um, so this whole time there was this conversation in our discord a while back (laughs) Uh about someone about so fiery one got italian ice and he got mms on top and mark was like oh would have been better with smarties and i was like that sounds fucking terrible who was putting smarties on on italian ice or ice cream or whatever turns out he meant french smarties i mean canadian smarties (laughs) french canadian smarties Which is delicious? It's delicious. They're so good. Um, If you're wondering how you could be uh, abreast of all of these amazing conversations that are going down in our Discord, Kristen's here to tell you how. So you join the Patreon
0: for just five dollars a month. You get access to the Discord. You get bonus episodes. You get to vote on topics. Okay, Norman. Norm's eating nibs. Gotta stop. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to hear someone eat anything. You know what's the worst thing to listen to someone eat? An apple.
1: Oh, really? I like the... It's disgusting. Well, no,
0: it's disgusting. Yeah, I I know. I'm aware how it sounds. Red-headed
1: lady, <laughs> reach <laughs> for an apple. <laughs> what are you talking about? Reach for an apple,
2: red-headed lady. Brandy Newman. <laughs>
0: Okay, everyone. Everyone who thinks that Norman's Randy Newman impression is terribly offensive.
1: <laughs> oh, it's Randy Newman. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, join up. <laughs> the point of this is to ask you to please join us on Patreon. <laughs> you get in the Discord. You get to vote on topics. You get case updates. You get, if you join at the Supreme Court level, you get inducted into the Supreme Court. Plus, you get a sticker. It's super cool. Head on over to patreon.com slash LgTC Podcast, and, you know, join up today. Kristen, take it away with your um, assassination of President William McKinley. Are you you bored already? No, I'm excited. Okay, this
0: seems like the topic. I was writing this up. I'm fascinated, but I was like, Brandy's going to think this is the lamest shit ever. Yeah,
1: you were like... I saw your intro Uh earlier, and then just now, before we were ready to record, you're like, do I have a case for you? And I was like, oh, cool, an assassination. Exactly. See, you're trying to fake enthusiasm now, but I know how you feel. (laughs) I'm sure it will be amazing. You're right. It will be. And here we go. First off, Wikipedia,
0: chef's kiss on this whole thing. (laughs) Man, for American history, they really bring it. Mm-hmm. So this this is all Wikipedia and some stuff that I had to look up on newspapers.com because I thought Wikipedia was full of shit. Turns out Wikipedia was not full of shit. Excellent. Okay. The year, Brandy, was 1901. And things were looking great.
1: Brandy, for real, this is cool. This is a cool story. I'm just kidding.
0: Things were looking great for U.S. President William McKinley. He'd just been elected to his second term six months earlier. And he had this cool new vice president named Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, he, he was, was riding on. a moose, shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> he was on top of the world. As president, he'd taken the country out of an economic depression. He'd led us to victory in the Spanish-American War. Mm. Tell us
1: more about the Spanish-American War.
0: Can't do it. He'd overseen <laughs> the takeover of Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Philippines. Are these yeah, these, are these were, in the pro column? Um, not for me, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really sad. Norman, He'd I'm,
1: conquered this shit out of Puerto Rico and <laughs> Guam.
0: It's so funny to see how, like... So he was super popular in his day. Yeah. But you look back on that and you go, oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Can we leave Puerto Rico alone? So... For the most part, like I said, people really seemed to like him. He had served in the Civil War, and he'd actually started as a private in the Army and worked his way up.
1: Fuck, how old is he? I mean... Okay, do some math with me here. Civil War ended in 1865. It's 1901, and he's living it up as a president. Hang on. You know, and it's 1901, and people died of...
2: So he was in a six. Brisk wind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dearest Martha, a brisk wind. A brisk wind. This Iron guy bedridden. was tough
0: as nails. Let's see. How old was he? You know I'm not good with the math. <laughs> Born in 1843. Oh, oh no. He died at age 58. He was only 58. Hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he, he
3: dies. He dies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did he die? Um, That's horrifying. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Okay. Side note. Yes. Keith Morrison has a podcast
1: called The Truth About Pam. And it's just, it's just. I know. I have to listen to it. I've not listened to it yet. I'm dying to. The truth about Pam. <laughs> I mean, it's just I also. All that. He also has a line of pop sockets, and I need one. No, he doesn't. Yeah. It's, is it his face? Yes.
0: Oh, be still, my heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, William McKinley had serious people skills, and he truly enjoyed meeting new people.
1: He was one of those freaks. He's like you. I'm sorry. I need to go back to the math for a second. Okay. So he was like 15 when he was serving in the Civil War. That's how they did it back. Huh. In the back.
2: No, he was born in 1843. 43. Right. So he was in 1863. He was 20, 20 years old.
0: All right. All right. All right.
2: So he was probably a young recruit, drafted, maybe officer school. I don't know. Strapping young man, <laughs> fighting for the Union.
3: Ooh. Ooh.
0: Um. He truly enjoyed meeting new people. Yeah to William McKinley, going out and shaking hands and kissing babies was his favorite part of the job. Yeah,
1: specifically the kissing the babies. I don't
0: know when kissing babies started. (laughs) You know, surely that's
1: something that started later. I think so, yeah.
0: In fact, he loved it so much that he wanted to do it all the time. And he didn't want a bunch of annoying security dudes to stand between him and the American people. Like, let me get out there and kiss all those babies. (laughs) Oh, God, don't make him sound...
1: (laughs) I need to be kissing a baby constantly. Okay, that is so alarming. Stop. I'm saying is that not what you're saying.
0: This is not a Brandy case, okay? No children are harmed. Wow!
2: <laughs> uh, FYI, Boy McKinley began as a private in the Union Army. Yeah,
1: I already oh. said that.
2: You said a private?
1: Yes. I thought you said he had private.
2: <laughs> Confirmed?
0: I don't know. Let's get to the autopsy.
1: <laughs> this is terrible. I'm so sorry.
0: Well, you are so not interested in American history that you're just like, let's take this in a whole other direction.
1: <laughs> Let me get out there and kiss those babies.
0: Okay, I'm high I'm on track. Let me kiss all the
1: babies. God.
0: But this was a very risky way to live, constantly making out with these babies. Because the parents would get so upset. <laughs> <laughs> now they didn't have a sex offender registry back then. They just made you president automatically. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I get back to the script? Yeah, yeah? okay, all right. In his own lifetime, two presidents had been assassinated. Abraham Lincoln in 1865 and James Garfield in
3: 1881.
0: Mm-hmm. But... William McKinley either didn't think he was at risk or knew the risks and just didn't care. Yeah, In Washington, D.C., he and First Lady Ida McKinley were known to ride around in their carriage. No security guards in sight. Wow. And when he was back home in Canton, Ohio, there were no rules. He'd just walk around the street, zero security, the President of the United States, yeah. just chilling. chilling. Not everyone thought that this was such a great idea yeah the president's personal secretary george Cortelyou. Mhm. Mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm how's that spelled it's spelled c-o-r-t-e-l-y-o-u Cortelyou. <laughs> <laughs> he was like william buddy you are the president of the united states you have to be more careful than this About six months into William McKinley's second term, George got really nervous once again. The president was scheduled to go to Buffalo, New York. For two days, the president would be surrounded by the public. Uh He was going to spend most of his time at the fair. He'd make a speech, then he'd just walk around. Ooh. Doesn't seem so great, huh?
1: No, that seems... um, Yeah, I can absolutely see why that would be dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you know anything about James Garfield's assassination? No. Okay. So it's one of my fascinations. And I haven't written any of this down, so you know, coming a break. If You're I'm fascinated a- with assassinating presidents? No. <laughs> <laughs> with presidential assassinations.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So Abraham Lincoln. The theory back then was mm-hmm. that like That was a crazy one-time event. Yeah. So it really didn't change security protocols because people thought it was just like this wild thing. Couldn't believe it happened. It kind of makes me think of like the first school shooting, how everyone was just kind of like, holy shit. No one knew. Oh, this is the start of something terrible that's going to happen again and again. Okay. James Garfield... The guy who shot him was like this weirdo nut job who like tried to be part of a free sex commune at one point. What? But nobody wanted to have sex with him. Hilarious story. Anyway, back then, if you wanted to go talk to the president, just like a common person, yeah, you'd just go get in line and you could go have a meeting with the President of the what? United States. Is that not the most insane thing you've That's ever heard? Insane. Yeah, let me waste this leader's time. So this guy got it into his head that he wanted, I think he wanted, like, a cabinet position. And, of course, he was he was a Looney Tune. so he thought he deserved it. He felt mm-hmm. entitled to, I think it was, like, ambassador to France or something. And, obviously, he did not get that. So he ended up shooting President Garfield. Wow. And it was only after that that they were like, hmm, maybe it shouldn't be a deal where, like, if you want to just come meet the president... You can yeah. just show up. Yeah, Maybe I don't know. It wh- shouldn't. I don't know when all that stopped, but okay. like presidential
1: protections, just like <laughs> yeah, weren't happening. Okay, so and those both happened in his lifetime. Yet he's still like, I'm out here. I'm approachable. Yeah, come at me. No weapons, please. Yeah. Okay.
0: So George, the personal secretary, is getting really mm-hmm. nervous about this two day event in Buffalo, yeah. where he's just going to be like out at the fair with tons of people all around him. So on the first day, he'd make that speech. He'd walk around. Second day, there would be a public reception at the Temple of Music. The the event was going to be in the center of of the fair, and it would be a chance for literally anyone to go up to the president and shake his hand. Wow. Ten minutes, just come up, Shake the president's hand. For 10 minutes? Yeah, for 10 minutes, the president would be there shaking hands. Okay, so you get them line... shaking
1: hands with one person
2: for 10 minutes.
1: Can you <laughs> so imagine? Like that is way too long.
2: <laughs> You'd think after Lincoln and Garfield being yeah. assassinated, they would step it up.
1: Well, see, know. I think... Yeah, and so i premonition that this is not going to end
2: well. has a really good <laughs>
0: sense. Well, you know, Lincoln, they thought that was... Just a fluke, one-time thing. Garfield, I think they did up the security a bit, but just not enough. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm making really obscene hand gestures and not meaning to.
2: The the crazy thing about Lincoln is, I mean, back then, literally anyone could go to the White House. Yeah. And like, I want to talk to the president.
0: Norman, I literally just said that. Have you been on your phone this whole time? Yeah,
2: I'm just listening for audio issues right now.
1: Norman, I literally they just cut it said out. Okay, it. no, I'm leaving it in. No, it I'm out. leaving it in. You know what I think is crazy, and I I don't know. I think I read this somewhere sometime. What what is it, Randy? What's that like in the days of Lincoln? Uh huh. People could just walk up to the White House and just meet with the president. Get the fuck out of town.
0: <laughs> Are you serious? Tell me more. <laughs> Norman, are you hearing this? <laughs> you listening to this?
2: It's my last day, is right. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Brandy's got some hot information. <laughs>
3: beep, beep, beep,
0: beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so, yeah, like anyone can come up and yeah. shake the president's hand. For a t- during a 10 minute window. Right. So, got it. But, I mean, they weren't Googling anybody. They no. weren't doing any kind of background yeah. checks back in the day. No. Did they do a pat down? No. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't seem so wise, does does it? No. Secretary George was like, absolutely not. I've got a terrible feeling about this. You shouldn't do it. George tried twice to take it off the president's calendar. Wow. But each time, William McKinley was like, cut it out, man. I want to support the fair. Yeah. I want to give people a chance to meet a U.S. president. This is going to be meaningful to people. But George kept insisting. And finally, William McKinley was like, why should I? No one would wish to hurt me.
3: Mm-mm.
0: Right. Okay. And I'm sure the room got real awkward like, do we, do we remember Garfield? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then George took a different tactic. He was like, well, okay, okay, here's the thing. So many people will want to meet you, and you won't be able to meet all of them. So you're going to really disappoint some people. Better to just not, not shake hands with anybody. Right. And William McKinley said, well, people may be disappointed, but at least they'll know that I tried. Mm -hmm. At this point, George had to admit defeat. It's the freaking president. The president has decided. But he did call ahead to Buffalo and say, hey, the freaking president is going to be at your fair. Do you think maybe you could provide him with some extra security when he's around all the randos? And they're like... Absolutely. Sure. No problem. We've got a ton of guys who are highly trained. Prepare to be impressed. So, fast forward to Thursday, September 5th, 1901. It was the first day of the fair, and it was packed. An estimated 116,000 people showed up. Wow! Yes. That's a lot of people. Well you get to meet the president. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm sorry, not all hundred and sixteen thousand are gonna meet him in a ten minute period.
0: This is true. But you get to like so
1: tons of people You get to see a speech and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: fifty thousand people attended his speech, which I'm like, what about the rest like, what, of it? Where are Did, the other
1: sixty were thousand? They were they they like pot
0: and candy or what anyway. So pictures from the event are crazy. It's just people, 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 people all the hats, they all yeah. have hats on Everyone was packed in, eager to hear the president speak. One man was especially excited to be near the president. So he got there early and he found a spot really close to the podium. Is this the murderer? Shh. (laughs) People don't know. (laughs) People don't know what the word assassination means. Oh, okay. Okay. In what would be his final speech, William McKinley advocated for an end to American isolationism. He was up there like, let's do some trades. Business, business, business. Yeah. And the crowd loved it. Afterward, First Lady Ida was like, great speech, dear. I'd like to go lay down. So he took her back to the house where they were staying, and then he hustled back to the fair. The day continued with a luncheon, a reception, an unscheduled stop for coffee, blah, 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 blah. By all accounts, the president was surrounded by police and soldiers the whole time. It wasn't exactly his style, but, you know, he dealt with it. Ida rejoined him, and it was magical. The fairgrounds that night were lit up with this newfangled thing called electricity. Ooh.
3: Ooh. Ooh! Fancy,
0: fancy! Then, it's the next day. Friday, September 6th. William McKinley woke up at the house where he and the First Lady were staying and he decided to go for a walk. So he did. Luckily, the police and the soldiers who were supposed to guard him were like, they saw him trying to sneak off and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. President, Mr. President, let us walk with you.
3: Oh, wow.
0: That day, there were a bunch of activities. There was a visit to Niagara Falls. A tour of Goat Island, which I've never heard of. Sounds goaty. (laughs) And there was the reception at the Temple of Music, where, again, literally everybody,
1: what? I didn't realize that Buffalo was so close to Niagara Falls. I don't know that it is so close. It is
2: extremely close. Well, I mean, it it makes
1: sense, because they get that crazy lake effect snow. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then there was going to be the reception
0: at the Temple of Music, where again, literally anybody could come and shake the president's hand. That was the event that George was worried about. Mm -hmm. So once again, Ida didn't attend because she wasn't feeling well, but William McKinley did. He attended the shit out of it. Yeah. So look this up. Temple of Music. The building was gorgeous. It was made for the fair and it was torn down immediately after
1: Oh my gosh. Isn't that
0: so cool? They tore it down? So apparently everything associated with the fair was torn down, which I think is just tragic. I I think god,
1: leave it. That, that often me. happened like with the World's Fair and yeah. so too cuz stuff typically wasn't built to last. It was it right. looked amazing but was not like very structurally sound and wouldn't hold up right. over time. Right. So that makes sense.
0: But I mean, this this venue was yeah, it's gorgeous.
1: incredible looking. Should we try to describe it? It's got, you know, there's, like, a domey thing, and then very cool, like, ornate details.
0: It says on Wikipedia, major influence was the Italian Renaissance. Yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. it's all fancy pants. It is very fancy. So, like I said, the building was gorgeous, it was right in the middle of the fair, and it had doorways on all four sides. Mm -hmm. That sounds like it could be pretty dangerous in a situation. That's a security nightmare. Yeah, and it was a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but it's not like they didn't think about security. There were police at every door. There were detectives standing by the aisle of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the president had his Secret Service agent, George Foster, plus two additional Secret Service Different agents. Different
1: George. Different not his George. his secretary, right. George. Okay.
0: Plus the two additional Secret Service agents, because, you know, George the secretary had been like, let's, you know. Beef it up. Yeah. But that's not all. Right before the event in the Temple of Music... Some important fair dudes were having lunch, and one of them made a weird joke. The guy was like, Uh, 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 what if the president gets shot during the reception at the Temple of Music? (laughs) And then they tackled him immediately to the ground. Uh, No. (laughs) Instead, one of the event organizers heard that and got kind of freaked out and was like, Holy shit, what if if that happens? Yeah, what if the president... Gets shot at our event. So, super last minute, he was like, okay, we need to make some changes. So, the fair had already arranged for, like, about a dozen artillerymen to be there at this reception. Uh They were going to be in uniform, looking all spiffy, but they were going to be there for decoration. You know, they were just there to look the part. You know, they were going to have the American flag behind the president, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, this guy goes up to these men. He's like, hey. Hey. You guys are officially not decoration anymore. You are security for Mm -hmm. the president. So what you're going to do is anytime you see a sketchball in line, I want you to swarm in, all right? And they are like, we've got it. We've been preparing for this moment our whole lives. We are so ready to protect the president. Sketchball alert. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. There was just one problem. What? Well, these guys had, like, hearts of gold, I'm sure. So they're like, oh, that guy looks super nice. You're not a single
1: sketchball
0: here. Well, they're just, like, they weren't trained for this. Yeah. You know, they were just guys. Now, how are you
1: supposed to pick a sketchball out of the crowd? Who
0: the fuck knows? Yeah. I think that's why people get trained for it. They're not yeah. just told at the last minute, hey, buddy, yeah. you see a weirdo, just pummel him with the end of your, I don't know, musket, whatever they have. <laughs> Norm,
1: muskets, is that what they had in 1901?
2: They are past the muskets. (laughs)
1: AK-47s.
2: Not there yet. Not there
1: yet. Okay, jumping ahead. My gun knowledge is very
0: limited. Why is that? (laughs) They didn't have much training. So what they ended up doing was they all got like really close to the president. Uh Uh-huh. The problem with doing that is that then the police and the detectives oh, yeah. who had some actual training
1: are nowhere near the president.
0: Couldn't see the president.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a bit chaotic.
1: That's oh, not great. But hey,
0: we've got more security, so. Getting a bad feeling about this. You getting bad vibes about this <laughs> temple of music <laughs> <Yeah>. thing? <laughs> I tried to give you bad vibes during the speech thing. <laughs> Here's the other not great thing. Okay, picture it. You are the president. You've got, like, one secret service agent who's Mm -hmm. always with you. Okay? You've got a line of people coming this way. Uh Where do you want your one trusted secret service agent to be? Oh, I'd like him to be here... Mm-hmm. you know. Tell the listeners where okay. you point is. so if,
1: <laughs> if the line of people is coming in from the left, yeah. I want my Secret Service agent on my left. Right. Yes. Co-
0: and I am correct. Beg that I mean correct. <laughs> so that's where the Secret Service agent, in these circumstances, mm-hmm. would want to stand. Yeah. To the left, maybe to a little left, bit to behind. To the left. Everything you own on, in, in a, a box, box. To, to the, the left. <laughs>
1: and maybe a little bit behind. Yeah. Um, but... But what? President McKinley was not having that because that was going to block his view of the people. Actually. Oh.
0: Um, the organizer of the fair wanted to stand next to the president. Okay, well, fuck off. Are no, you ready to take a no, bullet for the president? Well, no, but here's what he was <laughs> wanting to do. What he wanted to do was that... When someone he knew came through the line, he could then, as the very important person next to the president, say, Oh, Mr. President, this is Billy Bob. And oh, Billy Bob, have you met my friend Mr. President? Oh, yes, I'm friends with Mr. President I'm 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 throwing a little douchebaggery on this guy. He might not have been a douchebag, but anyway, so he yes. really wanted to be right next to the president. So, that's what happened, and the Secret Service agent, who you, President Brandy, would want right next to you, well, he ended up on the other side of the aisle.
1: That's not a good idea.
0: Fuck no. Oh, let me take a bullet from you.
1: Uh, Across the room! (laughs) Yeah!
0: What could go wrong, I ask you? It sounds like a lot. (laughs) Soon, it was time for the reception. The Temple of Music Filled to the brim. There were people up in the galleys. Filled the galleys. Uh, obviously, there were tons of people in line. But people knew he was only going to be shaking hands for so long. So a lot of them were like, "You know what? I'm uh, not going to get to shake his hand. I'll just stand. Yeah, and just watch in you know in the I don't know main floor. <laughs> okay, so that's what was happening in the ga section.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Standing room only. Ga. Look at the president. Yes.
0: Someone played the Star-Spangled Banner, and then William McKinley took his spot and shook hands. It was said that he could shake 50 hands a minute. What the hell? Okay, so I did some reading. No, you're doing it all wrong. You're doing it all wrong. He had a handshake method that made the line move quickly, which, let me tell you, when you're reading about someone's handshake method, it's, like, so hard to picture. Okay. I kind of want to have you stand up. Well, no, maybe Norman. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna go shake Norman's hand like Kay. I'm William McKinley, okay. and I
1: want you to tell the good listeners oh, good. what's Kay. happening.
0: Great. So you're gonna
1: be. They're friend. just Indian leg wrestling guys.
0: <laughs> so I am William.
1: McKinley. Okay, Kristen's William McKinley right now. Uh,
0: uh. <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. hello Mr. President. Hello, thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's like a feed
1: through system. Yes. It's a it's a it's a shake and pull. Yes. He pulls off the shake and pull. Okay, shake so here's
0: here's my understanding of what he was doing. Yeah. He would go in for the grab, yeah. kind of high on a person's hand, yep. and then pull them through. Yeah. His whole goal was they should not be able to squeeze his fingers at Ooh. all.
1: Yeah. He wanted them Shake out. and pull. Shake and pull. I like it.
0: I know. Huh? sure he can bake. You know, he's moving yeah, very gro- quickly. Moving. He's grooving. I'm kind of salsaing. Yeah. Again, only had 10 minutes. He wanted to shake as many hands as he could. 50
1: what, hands what a minute. What is happening in your ear? No, my, it's my <laughs> earring. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm getting a wax situation. Woo! happening. No, it's my earring. It's bothering me.
0: So about five minutes in, one of the event organizers, you know, ordered that the one set of doors be shut so they can cut off the line. Yeah. And that was when a troubled young man, who had been standing in line for hours, saw that the doors were closing. So he pushed ahead and got in just in
3: time. Oh, gosh. Okay.
0: Yeah. The line kept moving. At one point, a 12-year-old girl who was there with her mom asked the president if she could have the red carnation that he always had in his lapel. Uh-huh. It was his good luck charm.
1: But he loved 12-year-old girls. Stop it. So oh, he, my he, God. <laughs> but he gave it to her. Yeah. You said. Stop he, it. Stop.
0: <laughs> Loves damn babies. Shortly after that, the Secret Service spotted a strange man in line. A sketchball. A, a sketchball, if you will. Yeah. They got very nervous. They were ready to pounce. But the dude just shook William McKinley's hand and moved along. Wow.
1: wow (laughs) no incident without incident no incident just looked weird had no ill intentions classic tale classic (laughs) tale so everybody thinks I'm out to get them but I just have a lazy eye
0: (laughs) (laughs) so under normal circumstances yeah the rule for these meet and greets with the president where there were seemingly no rules like the one rule was you were supposed to go up empty handed yeah with your with your hands open yeah But that day was super fucking hot. So a lot of people had handkerchiefs to wipe away their sweat and stuff. And so no one... Was checking hands. Right. Mm. So when this dude walked up with a handkerchief wrapped around his right hand, nobody thought anything of it. William McKinley went to shake the man's left hand, and that's when the man shot the president twice in the
1: stomach. (gasps) From a
0: handkerchief? So he had he had a gun in his hand, but he'd concealed it with a handkerchief. It just looked like his hand was injured, maybe.
1: Wow!
0: So William McKinley kind of stumbles forward, and the man pre- prepared to shoot him a third time. <gasps> so who stopped him? Was it the Secret Service?
1: Twelve-year-old girl.
0: The artillerymen, the police, the detectives. No. Is the twelve year old girl. Oh, I wish that'd be amazing. That would be the best story. We right? would all know
1: this story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was James Parker, the next man in line. Oh. So James Parker was born in Atlanta, Georgia, in eighteen fifty seven. Both of his parents had been enslaved. Which okay, if you're born to enslaved parents in Atlanta in eighteen fifty seven, aren't you also enslaved? Probably, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. His Wikipedia page makes no mention, but okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. So when he saw the man shoot William McKinley, James punched him in the neck (gasps) and tackled him (gasps) to the ground. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. So here's what one eyewitness said. With one quick shift of his clenched fist, he knocked the pistol from the assassin's hand. With another, he spun the man around like a top, and with a third, he broke the assassin's nose. How many hands did he have? A fourth split the assassin's lip and knocked out several teeth. So, I mean, if half of that is true, it's wow. I mean, but everyone says James Parker knocked the shit out yeah. of the sky way more quickly than any of, like, the people who were paid to do it. Yes. Shortly after the shooting, James Parker said, Just think, Father Abe freed me, and now I saved his successor from death. Provided that bullet he got into the president don't kill him. Oh, Yeah. Whew! So, James Parker... Knock the shit out of the assassin. And the other guys, they're like the guys from Hot Fuzz. They come in like two yeah. minutes too late. They start beating the shit out of the assassin. And by this point, they've got William McKinley. He's bleeding profusely. They set him in a chair. He's seeing everything that's happening. And he stops the men from basically beating this guy to
1: death. Have you actually seen Hot Fuzz?
0: Yes. I love Hot Fuzz.
1: I love Simon Pegg.
0: Were you offended?
1: I I thought you were making a reference to a movie you'd never seen before. I've seen Hot Fuzz. Love Hot
0: Fuzz. Mm. Did I get it confused? I don't know. Hot Fuzz is about the dumb cops, right? Mm. Potentially. Well, I know they get it in the end, but like... (laughs) You have any more details? Not really. I mean, isn't it the two cops in Scotland or wherever? Yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. I know all what I'm talking right. about. All
3: right, all right.
0: Just checking. Calm down, Brandy.
1: What about Shaun of the Dead? You seen Shaun of the Dead? I don't think I have. Well, you like hot fuzz. You like Shaun of the
0: Dead? Not if I haven't seen it. No, you will like it. Is what I'm saying.
3: <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> Movie night idea. Okay. Put it down. Write it down. Norm, you got that on the list.
2: Hot Fuzz got it.
1: No. <laughs> hey,
0: did you know that back in Lincoln's day,
3: <laughs> you didn't anyone walk in into the, yes! the
0: president? It's amazing the Confederacy didn't take advantage of that. No
1: kidding, Norm. You were supposed to write down Shaun of the Dead, not Hot Fuzz. Got it. <laughs> hmm.
0: So William McKinley orders the guys to stop beating up the man who just shot him yeah. twice in the stomach. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: The scene was pure chaos. So people who were in the Temple of Music were desperate to get out, but the people outside were like, well, what's that big noise? I want to go in there and see what's going on. Right. So it's like this combination of everybody trying to spill out, everyone trying to come in. Somehow they got the president into a stretcher and got him out of there. And they got him into an electric-powered
3: ambulance
0: and rushed him to the nearest hospital.
1: They had those in 1901? I'm
0: sure there was one of them, and it was at the <laughs> fair. So, yeah, they rushed him to the hospital. Yeah. Unfortunately, it is like the shittiest hospital ever. Really? It was, and I shouldn't say it was the shittiest. It was just there basically for the fair. It was for people who were like dehydrated, got a little scrape, not for like... It's also 1901! Exactly. Exactly. It's not for anyone who's been been shot 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 twice in the stomach. stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, the hospital did at least have an operating room. But when the president arrived, there was no qualified doctor on staff. Mm -hmm. So... (sighs) They had to do something though. So immediately they're like, okay, quick, quick. Who is the best surgeon in Buffalo? And everyone was like, oh, easy. Dr. Roswell Park. You're going to want him. And they were like, great. Where the hell is he? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, okay. So he is technically in Niagara Falls right now and he's doing a neck surgery. Oh, my goodness. But they were like, who cares? We need him. If he's the best, this is the freaking president.
1: We need him now. Yeah, who cares if that neck guy dies? (laughs) Bring us Roswell Park right now. That was exactly what they thought. Oh my gosh. So somehow
0: they get word to that other hospital. And someone bursts into the operating room. And it's like, hey, hey, emergency, emergency. Dr. Park, Dr. Park. And Dr. Park is like, get out of here. I'm performing surgery. And the person's like, the president needs you. It's urgent, it's urgent. And he goes... I don't care if it's for the president of the huh. United States. I'm in he the middle did of surgery, not! and the guy was like, "But it is for the president of the United <laughs> oh States." My gosh. That's the story. Who knows if that's what? Oh my gosh, uh, anyway. I hope that's what really happened. So, so yeah. Long story short, Doctor Park is like, too no, fucking bad. I'm am no. already in a surgery. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I have taken an oath, and this guy is just as worthy as the president. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Dr. Park wouldn't leave. So they settled for Dr. Herman Minter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you not like the name or just settled? Settled. <laughs> so 40 minutes after the president arrived at the hospital, Dr. Got, Minter like, potato showed Potato chips on his. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how did you even get those? It's 1901. <laughs> so weirdly, Dr. Minter and William McKinley had actually met the day before. Wow. Um, and incredibly William McKinley had this amazing f- what did I I almost said face for names uh, what am I Name trying for to, faces no no what am I trying to <laughs> say <laughs> he could me- like he memorized everybody so like he's he you know he's there with his gunshots and he looks at the doctor he's like oh hey man
3: <laughs> I
0: didn't expect to need your professional services what is the phrase? I don't know. I, a brain for faces.
1: <laughs>
2: a brain for faces.
1: What am I trying to say here?
2: Someone who, like, recognizes people?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Let me do some research.
1: Yes.
0: I can... got I mean, it is gone. Th- uh, there is a phrase. Yeah, I know, because I read it yesterday. <laughs> can I repeat it today? Absolutely not. Um... Yeah, I don't even have it in my notes. I just said he remembered him. Uh, f- fuck. A mind for faces? That's not, not, not it. <laughs> I'm just making shit up.
2: Yeah, I'm not really seeing anything. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. Oh, well. Listener homework. Figure out what the hell I'm trying to say. What are you seeing, Bryn? I got
3: nothing.
0: <laughs> okay, well, moving on. Moving on. William McKinley was, incre- was completely alert. He was struggling and in terrible pain, but he was able to speak. And at one point, he talked about the assassin. He said, he didn't know, poor fellow, what he was doing. He couldn't have known. Oh! Yeah. Oh! I know. Wow! It seemed like the president might live. But he needed good medical intervention, and he needed it right away. Yeah. Actually, he needed the best possible medical intervention because, like, these kind of surgeries, they just weren't done. Pretty soon, another surgeon showed up, Dr. Matthew Mann. Unfortunately, Dr. Mann was really more of a gynecologist. If He had no no real experience (laughs) in wounds to the abdomen. But, hey, this was no time to get choosy. You know, they've got the two doctors. Let's go doctor's man and mentor both agreed that they needed to find the bullet so i should say here the first bullet i don't think penetrated okay. but the second one definitely did so they gave the president some morphine the first
1: one was like a bb right
2: <laughs> bounced Cute. off his belly Cute.
0: and they just started digging oh. around his abdomen i know I mean, it sounds fucking gross, and it's so much grosser than you were thinking, uh, because they did not have proper surgical tools, and they didn't even have proper lighting. They did not have electric lighting, so it was just like, they were digging around in the president's tum-tum in the dark. So Ah. gross. I know. Uh, The fair had displayed this newfangled thing called an X-ray machine. Wow. Uh, But the doctors didn't have one. And they didn't think they needed to borrow one from the fair. Right. So uh, they just kept going. Yeah. The doctors didn't find the bullet. So they just admitted defeat. Um, From what I read, they did not try to clean the wound. That was also kind of a newfangled thing. Yeah. So they just... After literally digging around in him, they just sewed him back up and gave him more pain medication. Wow. Meanwhile, word had spread all over the nation. The president had been shot. Yeah. But who would want to do such a thing? Who, indeed. The man's name was Leon... Kuz... Kuzulz? Spell Kuzulz. It. It's Polish. C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. I'm sorry, I gotta see that. Spell that one more time. C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. Chowgosh. What?
2: Chowgosh.
0: Chowgosh. Oh my god, is that a bee? What the f-
1: Did you guys see that?
2: Kiki's Kiki on the Kiki
1: did. Case. Kiki saw it. Why is there a bee in here? Oh my god, do you see it? No! Where? I think I see it. Kristen, I don't see anything. What I did hear something buzzing. Okay,
2: I think I got knocked down by the... Well, Kiki's on it.
1: He
0: was 28 years old, and he'd been born in Michigan to Polish immigrants. He had seven siblings, and his mom had died when he was 10. But the real turning point in his life was when he lost his job at the Cleveland Rolling Mill Company. There had been a big labor dispute. The company wanted to reduce wages, which I'm sure were already shitty. And so the workers went on strike. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Leon and all of his brothers lost their jobs. So they were all out of work, just in time for the economic crash of 1893. Mm -hmm. Leon tried to find comfort in the Catholic Church, but that didn't cut it. Over time, he came to see America as completely unjust. The rich kept getting richer, while the poor kept getting poorer. And you know why? 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 Because of the government. Oh. The government was the reason for inequality. And someone, Brandy, needed to do something about it. Damn right. (laughs) So this dude was super into anarchy. Uh Loved anarchy. Then, on July 29th, 1900, Leon heard of a major world event. An anarchist named Giotano Bressi I think, shot King Umberto I of Italy. Leon was inspired. These evil leaders needed to be killed. Leon had thought about shooting the president during his first speech in Buffalo, but he was worried that he wasn't close enough and he'd miss. Right. Which he probably would have with those old timey, you know, they're not muskets and not AK 47s. Yeah.
2: We shot him with a pistol, right?
0: Yeah, I was making a
1: little joke. It was a joke. Norm.
0: Norman. You ever heard of jokes?
1: Can you tell us your favorite joke? Let's hear it.
2: What goes buzz, buzz, pop, pop? I don't know. A BB gun. (laughs) (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs)
0: Brandy
1: loves it. Classic. <laughs> I never heard that joke before. <laughs> look how proud you look. <laughs>
3: Let's
2: see. Relevant joke, too. There's a so bee in here somewhere. And there, you know we're talking it's about right there. guns. <gasps> is it a bee? It's a beetle.
1: No, it's not. It's a beetle. What are you Kiki? Is it a stink bug? I have gotten three stink bugs out of my house today. I gotta see this. If it's,
2: it's I think it is a stink bug.
1: Oh god, we gotta
2: we gotta Quick. kill it. It sniff. is!
1: You can't kill it all smell. You gotta take it out of your house. I've taken I took four out of my house this morning. Alright,
2: someone sniff it.
1: Someone sniff it. Nuts. Where are these coming from? <laughs> you have to sniff
2: it. Alright, what do I have to do?
1: I'm glad it's not just my house. It's our stinky house too. I was too. concerned when I had four of them this morning. In uh, all Odyssey, no, I was just scooching them outside
0: so it couldn't be the same one. Come back <laughs> Hey, buddy, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what happened earlier.
1: <laughs> he had a thing for faces. Is that it?
0: <laughs> that sounds like he was super into That's faces. Like he's
1: really into faces.
0: Okay, Norm, what'd you do with him?
2: I set him outside. All right.
0: Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, Goodbye, my my friend. friend.
2: He farted in my face when I let him go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good riddance. (laughs) (laughs) So at any rate, Leon was locked up, but a lot of people suspected that he hadn't acted alone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, there's a bee.
3: It's a bee.
2: That's not a stink bug. That's something else. Is that a bee? That might be a bee. Get it! Where is it?
1: On the ceiling? (laughs) Oh,
2: there he is. Let him land. Okay. Is
1: it a bee?
2: Let's see. Give me a bee. (laughs) Oh, it is a stink bug.
0: Oh, my God. What the
1: hell? I do (laughs) This is crazy!
2: Join your friend?
0: How? Okay, look it up. What the hell what is What the know? hell
2: is happening? Is this the
0: end of days?
2: <laughs> it's not a locust invasion, it's a stink bug yeah.
1: invasion.
0: We don't deserve locusts. My god, how many do you think are in here?
1: I don't know. That's why I wa- like, that's what I see when I kept moving them out of my uh. house today
2: i am going to reward like, myself.
0: Yeah, I would like to note that no stink bugs have been harmed in the production of this podcast. Four
1: at my house this morning when I removed four from my house. We, I think we're being overtaken by stink bugs. I
0: think I'd like an award from PETA. Okay. Let's try this one more time.
1: More Lord. Damn.
0: Where was I? So they thought maybe there were more anarchists uh, yeah. involved. So I'll just tighten this up. They locked up a bunch of anarchists, including this woman Emma Goldman, who was a really prominent anarchist. <laughs> and uh, they, but ultimately, they let them go. It yeah. was clear that he had acted alone. Meanwhile, people were very concerned about William McKinley, but initially he looked totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Vice President Teddy Roosevelt rushed to his side. So did a bunch of other officials but it seemed so likely that he was going to recover that Roosevelt immediately left for vacation.
1: What? Right? That's weird. What the fuck is that about,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. Terrible vice president. Ugh. Pretty good president, though. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: he was like, sure <laughs> it, would be, it would be him and uh, yeah. I'm a president. I'm just going to I'm going to go hit up my vacation next. I'm probably not going to be able to take one for the next four years. Maybe that's what he was thinking. <laughs> well, he got, how many, how many? He was a president for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he was a long
0: ass <laughs> time. <laughs> So, you know, Roosevelt has just fucked off to the Adirondacks. Yeah. And for the first few days after the shooting, they fed William McKinley via nutritive eminence, which I did not know was a thing, but Wikipedia I don't know claims emina is a thing. What did I say? Eminem?
1: <laughs> enema, <pretty> sure.
2: <laughs> enema. <laughs> emina.
0: That's when they just shoot M&Ms up your butt. <laughs> And that does give you some nutrients. A nutritive enema? Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. That's a thing? That's what they gave him. Because, I mean, he couldn't, you know, he'd been shot in the stomach.
1: Oh, so he couldn't digest anything. So they're like, they were just sticking hot dogs up his butthole? Oh, my. (laughs) Is that not what you said?
0: Brandy, this is a U.S. president (laughs) Imagine if someone were to say
1: that about dear Donald Trump. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So I don't even know how that would work. How do you keep the stuff up there long enough to I, gain, yeah. who knows, to absorb the nutritional value of it? I don't think that this is a practice that is still done today. <laughs> if it is, write it. <laughs> if you've ever received a nutritive enema, please let us know. <laughs> or an MM.
0: <emina. laughs> So he was doing so well that, you know, one day they gave him some broth, and that went well, too. So then the next day, they're like,
1: all right. It just oozed out the hole in his oh, God. side. Oh,
0: God. No, he was all sewn up. Oh.
1: oh, God. So it just pooled on his insides, probably. Well, yeah.
0: These, I
1: mean, these... He probably Did he die of sepsis? You'll find out. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so the next day, they gave him some toast, mm-hmm. some chicken broth, and coffee. Mm-hmm.
1: It's really good for you.
0: Right? Oh, he literally has a hole in what his insides. This? He's got a bullet still in him. How about some coffee?
1: Yeah, let's toss some coffee in there.
0: He complained that he was in pain, and they were like, mmm, sounds like indigestion, you'll be what? fine. What? So, one of the things that I find so fascinating about Garfield's assassination was, you know, he was shot too, and they believe that he died not because of being shot but because of the medical care that he yeah. received. They like dug around in him with their bare hands, caused a ton of infection. They kept like trying to find the bullet. Yeah. So they kept reaching around all in him. Ton of infection, he died from that. And the other thing was the doctors were assholes, so like, you know, they wanted to be the one who cured the president, blah blah blah. So they didn't want any outside medical opinions. And I'm wondering if there was a bit of that here, too, where, yeah. like, oh, no, the president's fine. The president's fine. Oh, he says he's in terrible pain. Mm, no, that's indigestion. Wow.
2: You know, it's crazy because Garfield died from medical Are you about to, You're
0: about to make a joke. I can see it on your face.
1: What kind of cartoon are you about to reference? No, he's not. He's joking. Like, he's repeating what you I said. Feel like, oh. I feel
2: like Garfield, James Garfield died. Because of, you know, just the medical practices back then.
0: I, you know, I was so waiting for you to make a Garfield died from lasagna joke that I didn't even. Wow. I, I did not even an- you know, understand. and
1: I can't remember where I read this. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but in the days of Abraham Lincoln, uh-huh, uh-huh. if you wanted what? to meet with the president. What did you do? You just went to the White House and waited in line and you could have a private meeting with him. My God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know how many... You guys, are you writing this down?
1: (laughs) Do you
0: get it?
2: Do Do you? Do you know how many podcasts Lincoln was on back then? (laughs) Quick, just a quick five (laughs) (laughs) minutes. Sir, sir, we just need five minutes of your time.
0: Could you spell your name for us? (laughs) Meanwhile, people were like, okay, what are we going to do with this shithead, Leon... (laughs) Cheech and Cheech and Chong What was his last name? <laughs> Norman Chowgosh Chowgosh Cheech <laughs> and Ch- Ch- Chong Wow At the time Attempted murder carried a maximum 10 year sentence But People were like That's insane He shot the president yeah. of the United States He's gonna get like 10 years max yeah. No
1: they were probably like well, you should shoot him. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> now, Mr. McKinley, as soon as you're feeling better after your nutritive emina Enema, I did it again. <laughs> oh no, she's gonna spit. Oh no, keep it in your mouth. <laughs> oh, I I had a vision of you I spitting, almost did. spitting energy drink all over our yes. equipment. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> So, the attorney general is like, oh my gosh, I got to crack the books open. We got to get them on a federal law. This yeah. is ridiculous. So, he's going through his old timey law books. And meanwhile, even they were though,
1: very current at that time. That,
0: that's true. They were.
1: <laughs> he's got the best new law books. Yes.
0: Meanwhile, even though the doctors were like, everything's great. Why? Why do you ask? Go away. Uh, William McKinley, in truth, was feeling terrible. He had gangrene. Oh, yeah. that smelled good. Right. And he was just like, oh, he was all infected. He Just a mess. Ugh. Not to mention, still had the bullet yeah. somewhere in his body. Finally, on the evening of September 13th, President, remember he was shot on the 6th. Yeah. President McKinley said, it is useless, gentlemen. I think we ought to have a prayer. Wow. Ida came in, she was just a mess, mm-hmm. crying. She said, I want to go, too. I want to go, too. And he said, we're all going. We are all going. God's will be done, not ours. Oh, Oh, that gave me goosebumps. I know. It made me cry. (laughs) Well, yesterday, not right now, obviously. (laughs) Then at 2.15 a.m. on September 14th, 1901, William McKinley died. Nine days later... Leon's trial started. Holy shit. I'm telling you back in the You're day bam 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 yeah, get this. Yeah. When asked how he pled, Leon said guilty. Okay. Uh, but Judge Truman White overruled him and entered a not guilty plea. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. Wow.
0: Right. Compr- so this was the part where I was like absolutely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? What? So I went into newspapers.com and what I found there, it's still not satisfactory to me, but what it said was that a guilty plea was not permitted under the law hmm. for this crime. Okay. You could not plead guilty. It you had could, to be okay. You couldn't
2: admit you did it?
1: Evidently yep. not. I
2: shot the president. I shot the president. I me. shot the
1: president in front of a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Like, not sorry.
2: Not acceptable. We are going to have a long, lengthy trial about it. Oh,
0: this was not long.
2: <laughs> We're going to have a trial.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this trial. was like, I'm telling you, they did things fast and dirty back then. Oh, fast and mm. dirty. Well, you heard about the operation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, trial starting. And at this point, the defense stood up and they made a formal apology to the court. Mm-hmm. They wanted everyone to know that they were sorry that they were representing. This client.
1: Wow. Um, but they
0: wanted people to know that that was just what they were required to do under the law. They didn't actually like, like him or anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? You want to talk about ineffective counsel. No
1: kidding. Your own
0: attorneys are saying you're a shit. I mean head. the guy
2: wanted to admit he did it.
0: Yeah, but still, as someone's defense attorney, you don't stand up and say, Hey, everybody, don't hate me. I hate this guy, too. I think he's a total bag of dicks. I, you know, I
2: don't blame I him. He's
0: I he's a total <laughs> bag of dicks. I don't
2: blame him one bit. That would suck.
0: Well, no, I don't blame them for thinking that way, but you can't... You shouldn't say that when you're representing your client.
2: Correct. But what okay. if the guy is like, yep, I did it. It was me. He's openly admitting he killed the guy.
0: You are still has a defense attorney
2: they don't want to be he doesn't want defense attorneys
1: norman caruso <laughs> i mean he makes a fair point
2: no he doesn't i feel bad for those defense attorneys they have to defend this guy who's yeah, like that's... openly admitting i shot the president he's he wanted to be guilty he was like i'm guilty I i'm guilty
1: th- take me away all right
2: put me away the stupid judge like
1: mm- well you can't do it <laughs> Sweet, <it's>
2: wow
0: <laughs> that's Natasha beddingfield She was there at the
2: time. Add uh, add that to the list of songs.
0: Leon turned around, reached in his pocket, said, I got a pocket pocket, of sunshine. sunshine.
2: (laughs) All right, you have to cut that.
0: Why? It was beautiful. So anyway, the defense attorneys apologized to the court, which Norm thinks is A-OK behavior for a defense attorney.
2: In that circumstance, I think it is. The president of the United States has been shot and killed by a guy openly admitting, yep, I did it. It's a problem.
0: Well, the problem is that then you give that person, that shitty person, an opportunity to appeal.
2: But he doesn't want to appeal. He said, I did it. I'm guilty.
0: Well, yeah. And obviously, back in the day, they're going to kill you before you even have the thought to appeal things. But if you were to do that today, then the person could just say, I had ineffective counsel. Check it out. Look what they did first day of my trial. And then you get an appeal.
2: But what if they wanted to plead guilty?
0: Okay, it's 1901. There's like no appeals. You're just going to get convicted and he'll die three days later. I'm worried that Norman's going to become a defense attorney <laughs> and he's going to be really <laughs> shitty at it. I, I'm
2: trying to I, stop I, him. I always feel bad for defense attorneys.
1: There were like no appeals in 1901. I know that. And you're going to find him guilty and they'll be like, he'll hang tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> ineffective counsel? They'll be like, too bad! Yeah, they wouldn't even get When the sun is high in the sky, you shall hang for your crimes!
2: Yeah, they executed Lincoln's, (laughs) Lincoln's killers were executed very quickly. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: everyone was executed quickly. (laughs) It wasn't until, like, the 70s that they, like, took their time with it.
2: (laughs) It's crazy that Lincoln just let anyone come in the White House and (laughs) just,
0: he did this is the
1: first hearing
0: of it please tell us more <laughs> about this policy <laughs> oh don't give us a hurry you know? <laughs> uh. <laughs> then prosecutors thomas penny and friedrich holler got started and over the course of 2 days they presented their case they ca- they called eyewitnesses to the shooting they called the doctors who had treated william mckinley the doctors all talked about the damage that the bullet had done to the president's body.
1: And not at all about how they'd been fishing around in there, just tearing intestines apart. Oh, why? Should we
0: not do that? (laughs) I took my ungloved, (laughs) dirty hand, and I rooted around in the president's body. Why? What do you ask? What's wrong? Oh, he had gangrene? I can't
1: imagine. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They all said... Medical mystery.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When they were at the World's Fair, they probably had all sorts of Delicious junk food. No, oh, yeah, digging around in that Oh, stomach. probably. Just yeah, I, you know, head funnel cake. Yeah, put, look at they
1: powdered lit. sugar all over those fingers Here's
2: what here's what they did.
3: Ew. Let's get started. <laughs> cotton candy
2: nurse. Cotton candy. <laughs>
0: They said that the primary cause of death was the gunshot wound, and I'm kind of like, I don't know. I feel like if you guys had left him alone, maybe he would have been okay. been okay. Yeah. But why had they never found the bullet? Even during the autopsy, they didn't find the bullet. What? So, on the stand, Dr. Herman Mentor explained the whole thing. He told the jury that after several hours of cutting up the president's body, the first lady was like, "That's enough. You need to stop." I think they went for like four hours trying to Ooh. find this bullet until Ooh. finally she was like,
1: Enough's enough.
0: That's enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know he's dead. How about that? Yeah. So they never found the bullet. It was all her fault, you know. Oh, yeah. Then it came time for defense attorneys Lauren Lewis and Robert Titus to present their case. Some
1: people say there's a woman to blame,
0: <laughs> but it ain't my fault. <laughs> so many songs came up at this trial. <laughs> This trial was actually an inspiration
1: of many songs. <laughs> a
0: lot of people don't know that. Another thing a lot of people don't know: back in the day, if you wanted to talk to Abraham Lincoln, you just go right up to him.
2: You just walked right. Norman, in.
3: you hear this? You heard about this?
2: <laughs> if you wanted, if you wanted to, to like spend the night at the White House and sleep with Lincoln, you could
1: in the Lincoln bedroom.
2: In the Lincoln bedroom. Scoot over, Mary Todd. <laughs>
0: So these defense attorneys, they, they stand up to present their case. There's just one big problem. They have no case? They have no case. <laughs> <laughs> their client had refused to speak to them. Wow. So here's the deal. In prison, Leon would talk to the guards. He'd talk to anybody. But the second his defense attorneys would walk in, nothing. Nothing. They tried to send in a psychiatrist to determine his sanity. Wouldn't speak to him. Hmm. He wanted to be I mean he was an anarchist. Yeah. He did this for his cause. He He's did not want to it mess to the around. a man. Yep. So here was the defense's argument. Our client is insane.
1: I mean that's all they can argue.
0: If you'd like proof of his insanity,
1: you just look at this. him. <laughs> <laughs> he just said he had a pocket full of sunshine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just think about this. <laughs> Who shoots the president in public knowing he'll get caught? Only an insane person. Yeah. Thank you very much, Iris <laughs> So they called no again, witnesses. Again,
1: I'm so sorry that I'm here.
0: <laughs> again, don't want to be here. Hate every minute of it. I'm a great guy. Goodbye. Uh, they called no witnesses. And again... They wanted it that way because these guys were former judges. They didn't want to ruin their reputations yeah. by vigorously defending the anarchist who murdered the president. Yeah. And by the way, I thought this was, this was interesting. I read that he was the most beloved president at the time of his assassination. Wow. Wow. Because, you know, Abraham Lincoln was controversial in his day. Now we all love him. Well, except for the assholes. But who cares about them? Right. James Garfield hadn't been in office long enough to be loved yet. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was. Wow. Anyway, in his closing argument, defense attorney Lauren Lewis spent most of his time talking about how great William McKinley was. The jury deliberated for less than half an hour.
1: I bet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: He was sentenced to die by electric chair. Okay. Tomorrow. (laughs) So
2: It's like, you know, it's not five o'clock yet. Yeah, we can probably get this in today. (laughs) Okay, so listen to this. So he
0: died September 14th, right? Yeah. When do you think he
1: was put to death?
2: Ooh. uh, Wait, so McKinley died died September September 14th. 14th.
1: October 14th. One month later.
2: September 27th.
0: October 29th. Wow. Yeah, it's...
1: Very
2: quick. Fucking fast. That's very quick. Man.
0: Leon's last words were, I killed the president because he was the enemy of the good people. The working people. I'm not sorry for my crime. I am sorry I could not see my father. Wow. They killed him, poured acid all over his body put him in a coffin, and buried what was left of him on the prison grounds. I'm sorry, What? what's
1: with the acid?
2: Yeah, why did they have to pour acid on him? Uh, what? That seems excessive.
0: Well, they really fucking hated him. Oh my goodness. So apparently, and I didn't write this down, apparently... His, Everybody drink! <laughs> <laughs> his family wanted to take his body mm. to go bury, but they were like, you can't, you're not going to be able to walk out of here with that body. You're going to get mauled, people are going to be real gross about it wow so they thought it was better to kill him and pour acid all over him and yeah woo they, they were p- doing the
1: electric chair in 1901
2: had, had to have been pretty new that's back shocking then. isn't that it that must have been very new Kristen oh
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it. I
0: didn't mean it. oh
2: did you say shocking <laughs> I, didn't,
0: I was not making a joke I'm just naturally
3: hilarious
2: Kristen
0: I'm sorry I didn't mean it I, I do find that surprising, <laughs> given the time. Yeah. That had to have been debuted at the World World's Fair, and then like two weeks later, they put Leon in it. Seriously?
3: That's Yikes. It.
0: Um, In the aftermath of all of this, I want to say something kind of cool. So James Parker, the guy who stopped the president yeah. from being shot a third time, he wasn't wealthy at all And after his heroic act, a lot of different companies reached out to him, trying to give him, like, make a deal with him. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, we'll take your picture and we'll sell it to people and blah, 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 blah. But James Parker refused every opportunity to make money off of this story. Oh, my
1: gosh. He
0: said, I do not think that the American people would like me to make capital out of the unfortunate circumstances. I am glad that I was able to be of service to the country.
1: Oh, they gave me goosebumps!
2: Hey, I know what a guy.
1: Oh, seriously, I th-
0: this part of the story was so cool to me because especially when it looked like the president might live, yeah, and all because this man, yeah. who had been born into slavery, had stood up and been the one guy to stop the assassin. Oh God, I've oh, got goosebumps! Yes, like especially African-Americans, were so proud. And, like, he was, he was on the front page of all these different newspapers yeah. as being, like, this hero. Yeah. Oh. Wow. But what did we learn from William McKinley's assassination?
1: Um, hopefully lots of things about security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So presidents need protection. hmm after the assassination, President Teddy Roosevelt received That's fault. why
1: Teddy Roosevelt uses Trojan man condoms. <laughs> Whoa, daddy. Is that not what you meant? That's not what I meant.
0: <laughs> but that wasn't enough.
2: The Trojan wasn't enough?
0: So you put on two Trojans. <laughs> turns out that doesn't that's, work. Even, worse. that's even worse. It sounds like it would be more effective. It's actually less effective.
2: Friction. But,
0: you know, they didn't know. 1901. <laughs> no so he received full time protection but it wasn't enough and people wanted it set in stone because they were afraid like okay he gets this the next president's like well I'm loosey goosey I don't care mm-hmm. so in 1906 Congress passed legislation making it official that the Secret Service was in charge of protecting the president uh-huh. and that's the story of the assassination of William McKinley wow that's
1: crazy were you bored to
0: death I Brandy? was not
1: oh very no good. I thought it was very interesting
0: I will say, I kind of felt like I was making fun a little of him, like, always wanting to just, like, go out on his own without protection. But when, in interviews I've seen with, like, Michelle Obama, she talks about being out of the White House and all that stuff. And, like, the first time she was able to, like, open a window without having to ask someone's permission. Yeah. Or, like, go for a walk. And I just can't imagine. imagine. that life. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. That would be horrible. I feel like I'd be trying to sneak out, too. Yeah. Not to meet people, though. Good. What was God. that? What was that movie? What movie?
2: There's a movie like the president. My date with the president's daughter. Is that it?
1: <laughs> no. Uh,
2: it was like the 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 president's daughter was like dating s- Liberty. Yeah, or like she was sick of being cooped What's up in White House. So she first like daughter
1: first daughter. Yeah,
2: she like sneaks out. Yeah. To like go out on the town without protection. They're like,
1: is it Mandy Moore? Oh, that sounds <sighs> familiar. Yeah, maybe. Let's see.
2: That's, that's basically the plot. So Michelle Obama probably just watched that movie. <laughs>
1: oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Not... Yeah, Katie oh. Holmes. Yeah.
2: She like sneaks out and her, the president's free, you know, where's my daughter? And they're, they're all looking for her but she's like out on the town. Oh, wait.
1: This might not be the same movie. Dating, dating this first hot daughter dude. Is where she goes off to college. Hmm.
2: You know what I'm talking about though, right, Brady? Right, I Brandy? do. I think it's my date with the I president's think daughter. my date
0: with the president's daughter.
2: Uh, listener homework find out what, what movie that is <laughs>
1: we've already given them. also
2: find out the phrase for someone who can recognize faces
1: oh a teenage unwittingly a teenager unwittingly falls for the American president's daughter and the pair soon find themselves off on a wild adventure
2: that's it's that, the
1: dude from Boy Meets World yeah
2: my date with the president's daughter yeah, yeah 1998 that, that's the one I Had a theme song
1: my date with the president's daughter oh yeah my date yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this oh this is a show
2: it's not a show. This is a show. It's a made-for-tv no, it's a movie. Film. It's
1: a television movie. This film. is a
2: it's, oh, the, it's no, the wonderful, it's made world, from the of wonderful world of Disney. Yeah, it, it was That's like a TV okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well okay. <laughs> I've never seen this. Um, I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh what? Do oh. you
0: see this red injury to my mouth? <laughs>
1: I am injured. Listen, ma'am, because you can't handle yourself with an alcoholic freezy pop. Don't come at me. You see me, I'm just fine.
0: How? I I did not feel a thing. The next day at around noon, I was like, what is my the side of my mouth hurts so much? And I remembered. Saboteur. Saboteur. Those were delicious. They were so
1: good. You guys. Alcoholic freezy pops. They're so good. Norm, what'd you think of the alcoholic freezy
2: pop? Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Worth the injuries. No. What, Next are you going to put
0: it into the cup? Yes, I sure will. Okay. <laughs> then a when you pussy. get all sliced up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever called me a pussy before.
1: I don't think I've ever called anyone a pussy <laughs> You were just waiting for this moment. Should we talk about a gamer? Yeah. Norm, you ready? hear yeah. about a gamer?
2: Always. This is bad.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I don't see why you're acting all upbeat. It's real, real bad. Great. Bad, bad, real bad. Wait. On a brandy
0: scale. Can we get the brandy scale on how bad it is? It's pretty bad.
1: Okay. A five is like... Yeah, give me some reference points. So,
0: a five is um, that one where all those girls, like, beat up, mutilated, tortured that 12-year-old girl. That's a
1: five?! Is this a scale out of ten or a- no? It's a scale <laughs> oh, of one yeah. to five. Is holy shit! I no. was very concerned that that was the five. No, no, no. This yeah, is that's like the most the intense. worst case I've ever covered.
0: And a one. Well, you don't even do light cases, <sighs> so I'm going to pull out one of mine. Mine is you know the Wow potato chips where people okay. had a bunch Just of thorns. Yeah,
1: this is a three and a half. Oh, there's a sledgehammer involved. Oh God. Okay. For, straight off the bat, shout-outs to William DeLong for com and Emily Thompson for com, And then, mm-hmm. special shout-out.
0: Oh, boy. Who to is To my
1: boy. <laughs> David Kraticek? No. Um, Phil McGraw. You might oh. know him as Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um He did a special on this case, and... Uh, watched it, loved every minute of it. It was like I was being forced to watch Dr. Phil. I, you finally I, had a reason. I had a whole reason to watch Dr. <laughs> Phil. Not just because I love him, but because it was for research purposes. Do you
0: really love Dr. Phil? I think he's so arrogant.
1: Yeah, I love Dr. Phil.
0: Okay. I don't know why I asked. I know you love Dr. Yeah. Phil.
1: Yeah.
0: Why are you looking because at me? Because like-
1: of course I love
0: Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a well-known fact about me. But you don't find him arrogant,
1: and yeah. irritating? Not irritating, arrogant. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. Is this how the podcast ends? A disagreement? Over no,
1: Dr. but you know. Okay, but here's the other thing. Like mm. that arrogance doesn't bother me because I fucking love Deck Shepard, and he's arrogant as hell. So
0: you know what? Okay, this is a big. I feel like we don't have a ton of differences. Yeah, we have a big difference. Arrogance in straight white men. Yeah, I find so obnoxious yeah like so 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 obnoxious
1: and you're like no that's not how i am about it i feel like it would be da- very difficult to be a straight white male and not be super arrogant because our society cultivates it yeah that's why i find it so annoying right? when they I'm are just saying, like, so you forgive them for it and no, i'm like yeah yes i guess i do oh gosh yeah, because i think that like I don't know, this is so not a topic that we need to debate. Let's but do like it. I think Dak Shepherd tries to fight against it. Like he knows that he has it and yeah. that it is his white male privilege yeah. and he recognizes it. And I feel like Dr. Phil is the same way. But like Oh really? I don't think Oh I right. do. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if they were just like big douchey douchebags mm-hmm. about it, no, I wouldn't forgive it. Mm-hmm. But I think both of them are aware of their white male privilege and what it gets them and are apologetic for it. Wow.
2: I've got breaking news. What, what is it? Amber Geiger has been sentenced.
0: <gasps> what, what'd she get? Oh, my God.
2: Let's, let's take some guesses. Oh, my God.
0: Don't do this to me, Norman. I've got to know now. Kristen? Norman?
2: Brandy?
1: I think it's going to be low. Ten years. Yep. No, I fucking told you. What did I tell you? That you is did. exactly what you I told
0: did. you. Okay, Norman, fill people in. If people are like, "Who's Amber Geiger?" If you're
2: unfamiliar, Amber Geiger is the uh, police officer who walked into Botham Jean's apartment. She walked into the. She, they lived in the same apartment complex. She walked into Botham Jean's apartment. He was a twenty-something,
0: twenty-seven, I think,
2: twenty-seven-year-old black male. He was sitting in his living room eating ice cream. She. Walked into his apartment and shot him, and killed him, and killed yep.
1: him. Yeah. So just yesterday she was found guilty of his murder, and then today was sentenced. So we were discussing this before we yes. recorded, and yes. we were talking about how we were both really scared that the jury was not going to find her guilty. So she is a police officer, um, and she—I um, thought for sure she was going—I thought with for it. sure she was going to get away with it too. So we were both really relieved when the jury found her guilty. But I said to you when we were discussing mm-hmm. this. I think because of a question the jury asked that they will come back with a light sentence because I bet that they were. They asked about Castle Doctrine, which was like, that's when they asked about that, that I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to find him not guilty.
0: Hang on. I'm going to look up Castle Doctrine.
1: Yeah.
2: Rightfully so. People are outraged. Uh, Yeah. That someone who who murdered somebody is getting only 10. I am
1: not the least bit surprised, though. I think it's completely wrong. I think she should get and way she'll longer
2: She'll And she'll be parole eligible after five years. Yeah.
1: Fuck that. Yeah, that's Fuck that. so fucked up. I, the
0: application of Castle Doctrine to this just drives me crazy because she was not protecting her own home.
1: No. But she claims she thought she was. Well,
0: then she's a fucking idiot. I agree.
1: I completely agree. And you
0: shouldn't be allowed to have a gun if you're that dumb. Yeah. And I don't care if you were sexting with your partner. Did you see that
1: excuse? Oh, yeah. Oh, she was distracted because she'd been sexting. She was overtired. She was sexting and distracted. She thought she was in her own apartment.
2: Also, FYI, the state wanted the sentence to be 28 years.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
2: I, that, that would that would have been the age of Botham Jean if he were alive mm-hmm. today. So it was kind of a yeah
0: symbolic symbolic, symbolic sentencing. Yeah, because he had a birthday during this trial, yeah. right?
1: Well, he didn't because well, she yeah, murdered him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That whole thing, I her, fucking knew that that's what they were going to do. they were going to come back with a light sentence.
2: You, gotta, I, you, know, you gotta, I was
0: so relieved that they found her guilty mm-hmm. that I didn't even think about the sentencing.
2: You've got to ask yourself if it were reversed, if Botham Jean
1: You don't even have got into herself.
2: Amber Geiger's oh, apartment give and shot a her. a fucking
1: break. Death what penalty. What would yeah.
2: the sentence be?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He would have been done. Yep. No question. Her whole thing of uh, first of all, the crying on the stand Mm-hmm fuck off yeah if you feel that bad you plead guilty yeah try to get a plea deal yeah that's how i feel about it yeah and the thing of oh he was coming at me i thought he was gonna murder me dude had a bowl of ice cream yeah you cut him on a couch what kind of murderer comes into your house breaks in helps himself to vanilla ice cream watches tv and just like waits for you right um that's so fucked up. And the coroner, of course, said that the bullet was going downward, so he was in a cowering position, or he was, like, getting up. So Yeah. Uh,
1: Ugh, that's deeply upsetting, but
2: I'm so not surprised. So, ten years? Ten years. Ugh. Oh.
1: What do we do about this? <laughs> <laughs> what charity do we start? Seriously. <sighs>
0: Let's start a nonprofit called the White People Justice League. And (laughs) you can can apply, and we give you the amount of money you need to get some white people
1: justice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Does everyone like my charity? I don't don't know that that's going to be real popular, Kristen. Police won't like it. (laughs) Maybe that's what it needs to be police justice. Police justice? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
2: Sorry to bust that out before your case, but no, No, thank happened, you. That's so. breaking
1: news. I really like that. I mean, I like that we brought in the breaking news. I don't like the sentence. You know, we were talking about this
0: in the Discord. Sorry, This that sounds like a gross plug. It's really not. It's not. Um, yeah. We were talking about this in the Discord yesterday when the sentence came out. Or, I'm sorry, when the verdict came out. And, you know, we've got a lot of international people in there. And I remember somebody was like, you know wow, you know, violence in America is so scary, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I didn't say it then, but it's like, to me, what is so upsetting about this isn't like violence in America, even though that is scary and stuff, but this is like, this is racist violence in America because as a white person, I'm not afraid of the cops. Yeah. I have no reason to be afraid of the cops. Mm Yeah. Yeah. But a black man can't sit in his
1: own fucking living room? Yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. All right, I think we have to move on.
2: Some perspective. Yeah. Uh, This is in Texas. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Texas also recently sentenced a woman to five years in prison for trying to vote while on probation.
1: Holy Holy shit. That's great. That's
0: great.
2: I will leave it at that.
1: You want to say something else, Kristen? No, I'm super fucking pissed. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's talk about a horrible case. Oh, great. Involving a gamer. (laughs) Okay. Norm, this one's for you. Thank you. (laughs) I wouldn't get too excited. (laughs) Zachary Davis had always been a quiet boy an odd boy, but a sweet boy. He had struggles from a very early age. Um, His parents thought that he was probably suffering from some form of mental illness, Mm -hmm. Um, but he managed to have a pretty normal childhood. They didn't seek um, help for him until... 2007, when Zach was nine years old, and his father died of ALS. Oh, um, At that point, Zach was kind of sent into a tailspin, a downward spiral. He withdrew. He rarely spoke. When he did, he spoke like in this weird whisper. Um, and his mother thought that he for sure needed to get into some therapy um, and she sought help for him. So she sent him to some psychiatrists and a couple of different ones. And he had like four sessions where he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. Mm. Um, He told one of his psychologists that he was hearing his father's voice, that his father's voice was speaking to him regularly. But, they didn't necessarily think that was super alarming at that point. They thought maybe it was his way of handling his grief. Sure. Everybody goes through the bereavement process differently, and it seemed like that's maybe what Zach was doing. Mm-hmm. But as time passed and the family tried to kind of get back to normal, it was Zach and his older brother, and then his mother, they moved away from where they'd been living. They moved to Tennessee, um, kind of away from some family. Not That wasn't the intent of the move, but it, it kind of uh, disconnected them from Zach's paternal grandparents. And really, his mom was just kind of looking to get a fresh start and try and take care of her sons the best way she knew how. So they moved to Tennessee and Zach continued to see a psychologist here and there, but he wasn't he wasn't progressing through the bereavement process like everyone else was. He went through the depression and the denial and all of that, but then the part where you start coping with it never happened. Mm. And the psychiatrists diagnosed him as schizophrenic. And so old? Uh he was like nine or ten when they diagnosed. Oh, I him. thought you
0: don't get really diagnosed. And typically,
1: at- yeah, typically in boys, it's like um it's in your teenage years, seventeen to twenty. Right. In women, it's typically much older, well into your thirties, typically before a diagnosis like that is likely. But it happens. If you remember in the Slender Man case, one of those girls was thirteen when she was diagnosed as schizophrenic, which is wow super out of the norm for for girls. But there was definitely stuff going on mm-hmm. with Zach and the claims of hearing his father's disembodied voice did not go away. Yeah. And neither did his detachment and his he was continuing to be withdrawn. He was odd and teased in school. He wore the same hoodie every day to school. Mm -hmm. He refused to speak in a normal voice. He spoke in this really like low, whispery, but Melanie worked hard to try and, and give Zach and his brother, I believe his brother's name is Josh, a a normal life. She worked as a paralegal. Um, She was super athletic. She was like a triathlete. And All she wanted was for her boys to have somewhat of a normal life following their father's death. Mm -hmm. By the time that Zach was 15, though, he had lost pretty much all grasp on reality. And much of it he was able to kind of keep from his mom. He was able to put up a front or say as little as possible to her so that she wasn't constantly concerned about him because she ended up pulling him out of therapy and not continuing his therapy for whatever reason. Wow. That decision is one that would be heavily criticized by Zach's paternal grandparents. Yeah. They said that had she not done that, that what eventually happens in this case never would have happened.
0: Could she not afford it? I, I'm wondering if that
1: was the case, that she couldn't afford it. or Because surely you wouldn't just take your schizophrenic or, kid out of Or parenting. possibly he refused to go. He's a 15-year-old kid. Maybe he's like, I don't need it. I don't want to go. Too fucking bad. Right, but you're trying to let your kid have as normal of a life as possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible that she could have said, okay, I'm not going to force you to go. Hmm. he became obsessed with serial killers. Um, and one article that I read, that, this is really funny, said that he wrote disturbing disturbing things in his notebooks, including, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> wait for the whole passage, Christian. <laughs>
3: Sorry.
1: He wrote disturbing things in his notebooks, including um, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. Ew. Yeah, it's not good. And then, the most concerning thing of all, what he read the Stephen King novel *Misery* oh. and played violent video games. Dun dun
0: dun dun dun. dun. Mm-hmm. The makings of a psycho.
1: <laughs> clearly, yeah. So they like, they make this big deal about how he read Stephen King books and he played all these video games, and clearly those were the things that led. To what would happen. People are so ridiculous.
2: They didn't mention the schizophrenia or anything. No, yeah, right. yeah it was Just that minor detail games. of yeah. the
1: schizophrenia well, the and is, the lack of, of mental
0: health care. Who's heard of Stephen King anyway? <laughs> no one reads his books.
1: I'm just saying, misery is on the softer side of the Stephen King novels. It is. Well, I mean, if you're an author, maybe you don't see me all is that your worst nightmare (laughs) despite the withdrawn behavior and the the clear issues with mental illness zach was never outwardly violent he'd never put a hand on his mother he'd never put a hand on his brother there were not issues like that in the house until august 10th 2012 on that day everything was pretty normal Zach and his mom and his brother, Josh, went to the movie together. His brother was 16 and he was 15, so they were just, you know, a year apart, pretty close. Um, they went and saw The Campaign. What's that? I don't remember that. It's, uh, isn't it Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis? Am I making yeah. that up? Oh, yeah. yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Ooh, didn't do great. 66. For some reason, <laughs>
2: I was thinking of the Robin Williams movie, but that's Man of the Year.
1: Man of the Year, yeah. yeah. So they went and saw the campaign. They came home, and Zach went and played video games. By 9 o'clock, his mom, Melanie, went to bed. Shortly after that, Josh went to bed. And some lo- sometime along the way, Zach packed himself a backpack. In the backpack, he put his journals, some clothes, a toothbrush, a ski mask, oh, God. gloves, a claw hammer. Oh. And then when he was sure that everyone was asleep, he went to the garage or the basement. One article says the garage. One article says the basement. Okay. It's not that important. I believe he said the garage on the Dr. Phil episode. but
0: It could also be one of those houses where it's a combo deal. It could
1: be. Absolutely. And he got a sledgehammer, and then he went to his mother's room. And while she laid in her bed, oh god, asleep, he lifted the sledgehammer above her head and above his head, Mm -hmm. and bludgeoned her to death. God, he laughed the entire time, and he ended up striking her in the head. He claims about twenty times. The medical examiner said it was at least eight times but could have been much higher.
0: I always think it's kind of weird when they try to pin this down because it's like, okay, he hit her again and again and again with a hammer. Yeah, I mean, with
1: a, like a 20-pound sledgehammer. Oh so the Dr. Phil episode that I watched about this was really interesting because it, the interview – so Dr. Phil actually interviews – Zach, on this episode. Mm-hmm. He is um, being, ha- being held in jail before his trial. Right. And so he admits in this interview to Dr. Phil what he did. And when Dr. Phil asked him why he picked a sledgehammer, he said, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss. Oh, God. And... I mentioned that people talked about how Zach talked. He talked in this weird, Mm -hmm. like, low whisper. And he talked like that throughout this entire interview. He did not speak in a normal voice at all. And he randomly laughed during the interview with Dr. Phil as well. And so Dr. Phil asked him lots of questions about, you know, why did you pick the sledgehammer? How many times do you think you hit her? Did you laugh while you were doing it? And he says, you know, yes, I did. And he said, why... Why did you, why'd you laugh while you were
3: yeah. killing your mother?
1: And he said he thought it was funny at the time. And he asked him why he did it. And he said, she wasn't taking care of her family. And he said, meaning you and your brother? And he said, yeah, she wasn't taking care of us. In what way? I He didn't, he didn't elaborate. So Dr. Phil goes he kind of dissects these interviews with Zach later in the show cuz people have all of these questions about what his tone and the weird laughter cuz he literally like we'll be having on He'll be explaining something and then just break into laughter. Mm -hmm. And so Dr. Phil talked about how he believes that it's a manifestation of his schizophrenia, where there is an alternate reality playing in his head. And Mm -hmm. while he's trying to carry on a conversation, he can't just tune that out. So it's actually a reaction to whatever's happening in his head rather than to whatever is happening on the outside. That's really sad. It is. It's super sad. It is horribly sad. It was very difficult to watch. Um, these, uh, I can't even begin to tell you, to describe to you how he speaks and his mannerisms and everything. Yeah. So he also has like this weird way of nodding. It is it is very clear that this is a deeply disturbed individual right. that did this that night. So back to that night. Yeah. He has bludgeoned his mother to death, hit her 20 times. With a sledgehammer. He decides that she's dead. And uh, he leaves her bedroom and locks the door. Mm -hmm. Locks her in her bedroom. And then... Wait, he he murdered her and then locked her... In the bedroom. He locked the bedroom door, yes.
0: Okay, so his little brother couldn't
1: get into it? Older brother, but essentially, probably, yes. But... He also made an attempt to kill his brother. Yeah. He then went to the game room where like their game consoles and stuff were set up and he poured gasoline and whiskey all over the floor and the walls. And then he set it on fire. Oh, my gosh. With the intent of burning the house down. But as he was leaving, so as he left the game room, he pulled the door closed and like the door sealed in such a way that it kept uh, like the fire um, burned up all the oxygen and then burnt itself out. It did not spread to the rest of the house. Wow. Yeah. And so Zach grabs that backpack that he had packed. Mm-hmm. He leaves the house on foot and he ditches his cell phone along the way so that police will not be able to track him. Yeah. Meanwhile, the smoke detectors go off in the house. So Josh is awoken this is Zach's brother, by the smoke detectors. Uh-huh. He comes out of his room. He sees that the game room door is closed and that his mom's bedroom is closed. He initially goes to his mom's bedroom and the door is locked. And so he's like, oh my gosh, she's locked the door. Like whatever, I, she's not gonna hear this. He breaks down the door oh. to get in to save his mother and he is greeted with a gruesome scene. Oh There's gosh. blood fucking everywhere. Oh, and so he guy. runs to the neighbor's house. For yeah. help. Police come, they distinguish or they extinguish whatever's left of a fire, um, and then the search is on to find Zach, who is obviously the person who did this. Yeah. Five hours later, they find him walking down the highway with his backpack on him, uh-huh. um, with all of that stuff in it. They arrest him, and he confesses immediately. Sure. Tells them, exactly what he did, that he murdered his mother while she slept, that he attempted to murder his brother, and that there's like, his full confession is videotaped and he just tells it in that same weird drawl that he has, and he smirks and laughs the entire time. And at this point, the police aren't aware of his mental health diagnosis, Mm -hmm. and so they're like, we've got... Fucking maniac on our hands here, yeah. and their initial take is that this this guy wanted to be a serial killer, which mm. gosh, I just don't think that that's the case at all. No. And that's what some of the articles said, like would be serial
2: killer, you know, arrested. And I I'm, feel like a serial killer wouldn't would have random targets. They would absolutely kill someone close yeah. to them. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I just think it's so clear that this this kid is. Suffering from a horrible mental illness, yeah, and did not get the care he needed.
0: Yeah, hmm.
1: I do think that it's pretty shitty of the grandparents to be like, "Well, if she, if Melanie would have kept him okay. in mental, if she would have kept him in care, this never would have happened to her."
0: When you said that she died, yeah, I could not believe. Yeah, that then the grandparents came out with, "Yeah, well, this was all her fault." Really. I mean, a sen- yes,
1: yeah. If That's she would have just, awful. if she wouldn't have taken him out of that, uh, out of that treatment, then maybe this whole thing could have been avoided. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was just a, a terrible take. That's beyond. And so blame. they actually, so they actually, the grandmother testifies to that at Zach's trial. Jesus Christ! And her, I think the point that she was trying to make was a a plea for leniency for Zach because this is a, a, just a, a boy who didn't get the help that he needed. But gosh, I thought that came off terrible. Yeah. So obviously Zach's arrested. He confesses, um, but gets a defense team and they decide that they're going to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, which if I've ever seen a case that, yeah meets those requirements, I feel like this is it. In April of 2015, his trial begins. A jury of seven men and five women is seated. And they determined that, well, a judge determined that Zach would be tried as an adult. The defense attorney and their opening statements got up there and said, you're going to see a confession here. You are going to see that there was love and harmony in this home, and then on this day, something happened that led to this horrible event. Mm-hmm. Don't be, don't be misled by what the prosecution tells you that this is a horrible monster. This is a sick individual. Mm. The defense said, yes, he admits that he did this. We are not saying that he didn't do this. He will get on the stand and he will tell you that he did this horrible thing. But that doesn't mean that he is guilty. Zach was suffering from an untreated mental illness at the time of the murders. And for that reason, he doesn't need to be held in a prison. He needs mental health care. Yeah. But the prosecution maintained that this was a kid who had been who had premeditated this murder he had held these evil thoughts he had written about them in his journals he had he had absorbed them through the media okay (laughs) that he was subjected to through those violent video games and the books that he chose to read and the music that he chose to listen to and the apps that he chose to have on his phone
0: then why aren't we all murderers
1: exactly Exactly.
0: What video games did he play? They
1: never mention specific video games. I'm shocked. Usually they pick one and they're like, Grand Theft Auto did this. No, I mean, is there a, is there a video game where you sledgehammer your mother to death? I don't think so. Let's, hit, let's, let's ask our gaming idea.
0: expert. Hey, gaming historian. Are you, aware, you of aware of any video games? Not aware of it.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't think so. I, if it's 2012, I'm going to guess Halo. Halo, Call of Duty, yeah. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. all the popular, you know, games at the time.
1: Yeah. I just think that's such a ridiculous argument. And obviously, we've done a whole episode where we talked yeah. about this. But, like, millions of people play violent video games and do not sledgehammer their mothers to death.
2: Or or hurt people in any in way. In any way. Um, and it, it's always ridiculous when when that argument comes up i think donald trump even blamed video games for one of those mass shootings
1: oh i think the el paso shooting i think it was
2: yeah or even i think oh wait was it one of the school shootings even after the vegas shooting i I think he was he like brought in video game developers to the white house to talk to them about violent video games but it's like violent video games are all around the world japan has possibly way more gruesome violent video games Yeah. And there are no, there's no mass Mash, murders, yeah. you know, in Japan. So, and, you know, Columbine, they tried to blame Doom.
0: And Marilyn on Manson. That. And Marilyn, mm-hmm. Ma-
2: Marilyn Manson music. It's, there's always, there's always something else. And, and, obviously in this case, this guy had severe mental health issues. Yeah. When you're, when you're a schizophrenic. Yeah.
1: yeah. So at Zach's trial, the defense called Dr. Bradley Freeman. Dr. Bradley Freeman was the psychiatrist that had examined Zachary right after his father's death. So he had seen him mm-hmm. like four times. Can, can yes. you pause? Was Zachary on medication? I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't believe so. Wow. I didn't come across anything that said that he was on medication at the huh. time that this happened.
0: I mean, I... Granted, I don't know anything about schizophrenia, but my yeah. assumption would be that you'd be on medication, medication for and it. do therapy. Yes.
1: So I am wondering, because he only saw this doctor for, you know, four visits and then was taken out of treatment with him, that maybe it didn't get to a point where they was like. So on the stand, he says that, you know, Zach came to him at his mother's request following the death of his father when he was super depressed Mm -hmm. and that that is when zach had told him that he was hearing his father's voice and that he was pretty sure at that time that zach was schizophrenic but maybe he didn't have a full diagnosis at that time the defense then called a second psychiatrist who had examined zach at the time of the murders following the murders and said for sure I have the same diagnosis. He is schizophrenic. This, he needs help, not prison. Mm -hmm. One of the psychiatrists, I'm not sure if it was Dr. Freeman or if it was the second one who examined him later, said that Zachary suffering from schizophrenia meant that he could not form the necessary thought process, which was needed in order to commit first degree murder Hmm. because of his schizophrenia. Despite what he did, despite any pre-planning that the prosecution wants to say went on, the the necessary thought process was not there. The psychiatrist went on to say his judgment was driven by psychosis. That's what I believe prevents him from premeditating this crime. Wow. So even though maybe he packed a bag before he did it, he wrote in his journal that he was yeah. going to do this. Yeah he lacked the necessary thought process to be able to see if I do this, then this will be the end result. Okay. Uh, And that was Dr. Freeman, the initial psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Um, The one who had seen him post murder, um, saw him many times, had like 30 visits Mm -hmm. with him and said, I've never encountered. So someone so severely detached from his emotions. Mm. On that note, in the interview that Dr. Phil has with him on his show, he asked him if he, he asked Zach if he ever cries. And he said, yeah, I cry sometimes. And he said, "Um, did you cry when you killed your mother? And he said, no. And he said, if you were driving a car, and you hit someone and killed them. Would you cry then? And he said, if it was an accident, no, I wouldn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's just an accident.
0: Mm. I mean, I just think. So what, like, under what circumstances would he cry?
1: Right. I don't know.
0: He said he. Um, Probably something that would only directly impact, impact him. Huh.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Throughout the trial. So it's a four day trial. It's a pretty quick trial. But throughout the entire time he's in the courtroom while he's sitting at the defense table, Zach just randomly breaks into laughter. Mm -hmm. Which I think was probably important for the jury to see. Yeah. I mean, it just shows you that this is clearly a, a person who is severely mentally ill. Yeah. On the third day of the trial, Zach took the stand in his own defense. Oh, God. I don't know why they would do this. No. And from the minute he took the stand, it went badly. Well, of course. He got on the stand and said something that shocked his own attorney.
0: Well, that's great. You're supposed to really surprise your own attorneys.
1: He said, I didn't do it. I took the fall for my brother.
0: Oh, come on.
1: He's the one that killed her with the sledgehammer. Yeah. No, honey. Yeah. And so the courtroom is like, <gasps> Yeah, it's like, this by only by happens it. in yeah, the movies. Yeah, exactly. And his defense lawyer has to be like, No, remember, we we have your confession. Mm-hmm. We have the videotape of it. Um. We've talked about this, you know, you have, we need you to tell the truth up here. And, and he said, I didn't kill her. So the attorney has to be like, try and like get him back. And I I know at that point, the attorney was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Why did I put him on the stand? Why did I put him on the stand? Well, my God.
2: It almost seems like it bolsters the insanity.
1: I agree. I actually do agree with that. Well, and maybe that was maybe that was the point the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So the prosecution argued that regardless of mental illness, Mm -hmm. Zach had meticulously planned the attack. He had written his plans in his diary. He had poured the gasoline and the whiskey to set the whole house on fire. And he fled the home with a packed bag and had the forethought to ditch his cell phone so that they couldn't track him. This was all clear indications of premeditation. And then the court watched Dr. Phil's interview you're kidding with me. With Zach in its entirety. You're yeah. kidding me. Isn't that nuts? They played the whole interview for the jury, for the judge in the courtroom. If you were in the jury, would you have just been thrilled?
0: I would have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Dr. Phil, tell me all about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm just in having an afternoon at home. So that's presented. And Dr. Phil, there's this part in the interview with Dr. Phil where he looks at Zach and he says... He says, you know, I look in your eyes and I don't see evil. Mm -hmm. I see lost. I see sick. Mm. Another unexpected twist in the trial happened when Zach's diary was presented for the jury. And this was taken from him when he was arrested. It had been in his backpack. And on the day of the murder... Zach had wrote an, wrote an entry where he claimed that his brother had raped him that day. It said, "I was raped by him, and I've been planning to kill him ever since." And then following the murder that same day, he wrote, "I killed Melanie and left Josh alone to suffer. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel remorse. My only true regret was that I didn't give her a faster death. I didn't want her to suffer jeez obviously the claims of her of his brother raping him were not true that was thoroughly investigated by child protective services and there was no truth found to any of it it was just like another weird aspect of like this the way the way dr phil describes it is like there's this movie playing in his head and it's just like an alternate version of that
0: my god
1: yeah The taped confession was also played in court, and in it, he explained his reasoning behind using the sledgehammer, where he said, I was worried that I'd miss, and the sledgehammer gave me the highest chance of killing her. On the tape, he was asked by a detective if he could go back in time, would he still carry out the attack? And he said, yes, but I'd probably kill Josh with the sledgehammer too. Oh, jeez. hmm. Family members testified that they never believed that there was anything seriously wrong with Zach. They knew that he was odd and that, you know, he wasn't like every other kid, but never had any indication that he was capable of violence, mm-hmm. that he'd had a good relationship with his mother. Um, in fact, uh, a tennessee bureau of investigation computer forensic ex- expert got on the um, stand and corroborated this he said that while they were investigating zach's phone they found text messages family text messages and on that very day there had been i love you texts between zach and his mom and many other pleasantries between the family in a group text right, right. after four days the jury deliberated and they sided with the prosecution. They found him guilty and sentenced him to life in prison. Wow. I don't understand that verdict at all. I just don't understand how you look at him and don't see that he's seriously ill. Yeah. I, I just don't get it.
0: Do you think they thought that it was an act? Just a
1: total act? I think that's possible.
2: What state was this in?
1: Tennessee. Yeah, I just cannot wrap my head around that. When the judge delivered his sentence, he said to Zach, The thing that bothers me is that you have shown no regrets, no remorse in murdering your own mother at age 15. So he was sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years for the attempted murder of his brother. The way that that will work in Tennessee. So in Tennessee, a life sentence is 60 years, and he'll be eligible for parole after, I think it's like 51 years. Okay. But the 20 years is added on to the end of that. Okay. It does not run at the same time. Wow. So He'll be be in there. He'll spend the rest of his life in prison. And the prosecution believes exactly what you just said maybe the jury did they said i think that zach davis is a little bit smarter and a little bit wilier than we give him credit for meaning that they they thought it was an act come on i don't believe that i just don't i don't think it's an act at all
0: i hate how black and white the prosecution is sometimes Mm -hmm.
3: yeah
1: I just, I urge you to check out, you can see just clips of Dr. Phil's interview with Zach on YouTube. Watch a couple of them. I don't know how you can walk away from those interviews and see that he's anything but a very sick young man. Or an amazing actor. Well, (laughs) if you believe the prosecution... Um, the judge did say that he would recommend that he goes to um, a facility that focuses on mental health and not just a regular prison. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And that's the story of one disturbed gamer. Oh. It was a rough one. It was rough. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really
0: hate the ones where there's mental illness involved just because yeah. I feel like we know so little about it. I agree. And... There's a huge chance that we're just compounding the tragedy.
1: I think that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. I think that this kid was hugely impacted by the loss of his father. Mm -hmm. And it set off this horrible mental illness. Right. And then he didn't, for whatever reason, I don't think it's anybody's fault. I don't think it's the mother's fault. But for whatever reason, he didn't receive the care that he needed. And it led to this horrible thing happening. To blame the mother is... Gross. Disgusting. Yeah. And I do, I will give the grandmother a little bit of credit. I do think that she was trying to make yeah. a plea for leniency, but it sounds disgusting yeah. the way that she said yeah. it. But mental health care is not always easily accessible. So yeah. the, people don't often know how to get access to the resources we have. And we don't have the greatest resources available oftentimes. So where in Tennessee were they? Do you know? Um, I don't know. So the first doctor that he saw was at Vanderbilt. Hmm. And then I don't know from there.
0: Okay. Just wondering. I know it can be really hard in
1: rural areas. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were in a rural area or not. Sumner County is where they lived. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about t- enough about Tennessee to know if this is rural or not. Hmm. Oh Norm, do you have questions for us to bring I up the I I was going to
2: say, do you want me to lighten it yes, up a little bit? Yes,
1: fucking please. Hey, could we do a quick fun fact? Yeah. Okay,
0: totally fun fact. Just found out about this. Did you guys know that back in the day, if you wanted to talk to a president, you could just...
3: Walk?
1: <laughs> was this like in the
0: age of like Abraham Lincoln? You know what? It was. It absolutely was. Isn't that nuts? That is crazy. I mean, it could never happen today. No, (laughs) but it happened back then, and a lot of people don't know.
2: (laughs) You keep making fun of Lincoln. You're not going to get him on this podcast right now. Okay,
0: Norm, where did you get these questions from?
2: Uh, Your Discord.
0: Wow! Wow! Amazing, Kristen. What's a Discord? Well, it's like a '90s chat room. Amazing. (laughs) And it's just for people in the five dollar and seven dollar level of our patron Patreon. Wow, you're so Ooh, well, well versed. versed in our <laughs> ask me anything.
2: <laughs> uh, Gadriel wants to know your favorite court shows, such as People's Court, Judge Judy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Ooh, I like Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. I also like Judge Joe Brown because he's you know I don't even think he's on anymore, but he used to be on, and uh, he was just no fuss. Well, sure.
2: Yeah, my mom and I always watch Judge Judy. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I mean, it's not something I ever really watch, but mm-hmm. you know, if it's on, I'm not going to turn off Judge Judy. No, same. My favorite was when one time a lady walked into her courtroom with a spaghetti strap dress. No, she goes, that is not a court dress, madam. <laughs> and then she made the lady leave, and she was like a key witness. So I mean, <laughs> you know, Speaking of
2: Judge Judy DP the other day was petitioning for Kristen. In him oh to get on Judge Judy. He
0: has been asking about this. He for just years. wanted
2: to be on TV, so he, he was like, he was like, I'm going to sue Kristen for. Wow. I don't know, putting a door ding in his in his car. He knows or something Judge stupid. Judge
0: Judy hates it when parents sue their, their kids. kids. So yeah. basically, he wants to be yelled at by Judge Judy.
2: Yeah. Wow. He's, he was trying to get Kristen out. Kristen's not interested. Not nice. Not okay. DP. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is from Brittany Surname. Favorite vacation destination? Oh, Colorado.
1: Oh, I love Colorado so much. Yeah, this is making me wish I'd gone on more vacations. But, I mean...
2: I like Colorado, too. For me,
1: nothing beats the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Favorite, like, my place that I'm, like, yearning to go really bad right now Mm -hmm. is Maine. I want to go to Maine so bad. I don't even know why. But I've never been there. And... Ugh, I just wanna like be on the coast. I wanna have some lobster, some amazing seafood, see trees and shit. Ugh, I wanna go to Maine. Yeah, I wanna go to
2: some small main town. <laughs> yes. And, like, see him pull up the lobster in the cage and be like, just got these today. Yes! And, I sit down.
1: and he's gonna have his yellow jacket on. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we go? Let's go. Okay, I'm I'm serious about I these wanna go
2: things. so right. bad. LGTC Maine meetup. Yes <laughs> <laughs> only for residents of Maine. <laughs> Tiffany's wants to know, what are you going to be for Halloween? Or if you're not dressing in a costume this year, what is the favorite costume you ever wore for Halloween?
1: Ooh. Mm. I haven't dressed up for Halloween in years.
0: So Norman and I usually dress up, but it's always the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just to hand out candy. Norm has a huge gingerbread man oh, yeah. costume. And so like he'll sit out front in the gingerbread man costume and I will just like put on an apron and have a rolling pin yeah. and hand out candy. That's cute. We're adorable. Yeah. We're basically the hottest people you've ever I've seen. seen. <laughs> 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 Cuz Norman's a sexy gingerbread man, that means he doesn't wear the pants on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So what happens with that is the parents love the gingerbread costume. Mm-hmm. The children are terrified. I
0: bet. Yeah, some of them
2: are. Yeah, and they like, are legit scared.
1: Mom, why doesn't he have pants on? And
2: the, <laughs> I remember one, a, a little girl was like crying, like, <gasps> no, no. And the dad was like laughing. like Oh, oh, my oh it's gosh, a great costume. And I was hilarious. like, I, I didn't mean to. You know what, though?
0: Here's your problem. You don't speak. And I think that makes it creepier when you're just like slowly waving. In that gingerbread man costume? You gotta be like, it's oh, Halloween. Kids. I'm trying to scare him. No. <laughs> Your uh, favorite right. costume I've ever. Oh.
1: Ooh, I dressed up as Mary Poppins a few years ago, and I love Mary Poppins. So.
0: My favorite was in 2007, I went as Lindsay Lohan, oh. and I had like, I taped two of those. You know how in the grocery store you can sometimes get like a, a big, fun variety pack of cereals? Yeah. So I got two of those. Covered them in black construction paper and duct taped them around my ankle. That was when she'd gotten arrested.
2: (laughs) Wow. It was
0: was a good
3: time.
2: (laughs) Um, If you could, this is from Tyler Dodd. If you could go back and redo an old episode of the podcast, which one would it be? Oh, God. Probably the first one, Exactly. Yeah,
1: the first one. So that is my favorite case, and I want to redo it because I would do it completely different. What would you change? I would talk way more about... I'd go into more of the cult stuff, um, and then the murders. And I do think the trial stuff is super, super interesting mm-hmm. and like crazy stuff happened, but I would just totally reorganize that and I would do it much better than I did.
2: <laughs> and you'd have I, better microphones. That's oh right. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: I maybe I don't need to be mortified, but I am anyway. Like we're getting new listeners and that's awesome, but people are saying like, I'm starting from the beginning and I'm like, it's please like, God, no, don't start from the beginning. We didn't even figure out the microphone situation until like
1: I episode knew. nine or something. And Here, here's, the really here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot
2: of people discover your stuff that's new and you have the new microphones now and yeah, they are like, I want to go back and watch from the beginning, but they know like you got to start somewhere. They're yeah. not going to listen to your first episode and be like, oh, this is a terrible podcast. I'm not going to listen to it now. Well, I they know it's your first episode. It's okay. Yeah. It happens just, on YouTube all the time.
1: I just did not do Charlie justice.
2: Poor Charlie. <laughs> Poor Charlie.
1: You know I have a refrigerator magnet. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charlie. And it holds up Jack's T-ball picture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> See, <laughs> it's funny to me that you feel guilty. I just feel like cringy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel cringy too. Like, oh, okay. it's we've got not a lot really of questions here. Oh, okay.
2: We've got a ton.
1: Good. Good.
2: Uh, this one is highly requested. It's gotten a lot of reaction votes. Oh, okay. uh, Malfulu, what video games do Norman and Kristen play together? Oh God. Oh. Uh, we play two video games. I can name them. They are there are two of them. Super Mario World Mm -hmm. and Disney's Aladdin on the Super Nintendo. We
0: have also played Mario Kart.
2: In Mario Kart. Do you remember? In Super Mario Kart. Should we tell
0: the story of like one of our first dates? Sure. It was even like before we went on a first date, it was just like we were hanging out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you came over and you brought with you. (laughs) Okay, so another thing. Norman didn't tell me about Gaming Historian and his YouTube show until we had been dating for like a year. And so he just came over with this little console that I'd never seen in my life, because I'd always had the, the Super Nintendo. And you came mm. over with the NES top loader. Now, I feel like the
2: so. Super Nintendo Mini.
0: Oh my god! Push up your glasses. So
2: <laughs> you're naming a completely different console.
0: Okay, so he came over with that thing because we had, we must have talked about.
2: You talked about how you liked Mario Kart. Yeah. And so I said, "Oh, I'll come over and bring Mario Kart." Right. And I think you thought I was joking.
0: I did think you were joking, but then you did it. Mm-hmm. You brought over this newfangled console I'd never seen in my life. And I asked, like, what is that? And I shit you not, the guy talked for like 15 minutes. I did not know that he had literally just done an episode <laughs> on the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was a fun time. And then he beat me like 18 times in a row. Oh, Koopa Beach. I didn't know oh. I was playing against the gaming historian. No kidding. I thought it was just some dude. He did not let me He had win. no
2: idea I was a gamer.
0: I had no <laughs> idea you were a
3: gamer.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, we, we play Mario games. We've played a few Mario games together, mm-hmm. but you always love Super Mario World and Disney's Aladdin.
0: I love Disney's <laughs> Aladdin. I love it.
2: And when we go to your parents, sometimes we bust out Super Mario Kart. Because when you and your sister play, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Because they're both not terrible. very good at the we're game. we terrible, terrible, too. So, you know
1: what's funny? Huh? Is that I played sports all growing up. Mm-hmm. Did great. Like, Mm -hmm. I was a decent sports player. I work with my hands. Yeah. I have no hand-eye coordination when it comes to playing video games. I am fucking terrible. If I play Goldeneye... Because my family, we, we have two video games that we still to this day. We have yeah. our Nintendo 64 still, and we will play Mario Kart, and we will play GoldenEye. If I play GoldenEye, I'm in the fucking corner, and my gun is on the ground, and I cannot figure out how to get out in, of it. In <laughs> your defense,
2: the controls for GoldenEye on Nintendo 64 have not aged well at all. They are not great, okay?
0: And in my defense, I've always been terrible at sports and terrible at video games. <laughs> there
2: you go. Ooh, Jessica has a really good one. Ooh. Do you consider a hot dog a sandwich?
0: No! No! Get out of here, Jessica! What? Wait, wow. Jessica! What? All is right. she, no. Sorry, Jessica. Does she think Whiz? What? She's it's just asking.
1: <laughs> no, it's its own thing. It's its own category. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, do you want a serious question? Sure. After hearing Brandy and Kristen's opinions on a death penalty, it brought out a lot of issues with the correction punishment process. If they could design their own correction punishment process, i.e. prison, jail, appeal process, capital punishment, sentence length, certain crimes, what would it look like?
1: So I think quick answer for me is Mm -hmm. that I think that the justice system should be more focused on rehabilitation. It is not focused on rehabilitation at all as it currently Mm -hmm. stands. I'd say that and lots of countries have a justice system that is focused on rehabilitation. and It works really well. So. I'd say that would be one of the major changes that I would make to our justice system.
0: I think I would deprivatize the, s- the prison system. Yeah, um, yeah, and I don't know what kind of system I'd come up with, Yeah, but as it is right now, we lock up way too many people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: And we have unfair sentencing, as yeah. we've, just, as we've yeah, just talked about on this episode. Yeah.
0: Why? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. She <laughs> thought she was going into her own
3: uh-huh. apartment. Let's
2: see. I got one more for you. This is from Islezer. Which one of you would last longer during the zombie apocalypse?
1: Oh, and what
2: would your survival tactics be?
1: Mm. Mm. That's a tough one because I could go longer without food. (laughs) That's true, and I can't run away from zombies. (laughs) 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 Kristen would starve to death. (laughs) (laughs) It is a real toss-up. Kristen would starve to death in four hours. (laughs)
2: I'm finding water.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, God! I'm looking for water. Yeah. Like an, a little island or yeah. something. Because I know, like, that's a big problem for zombies. Zombies,
1: yeah. They can't traverse the water.
0: I tell you what, I startle so easily. And yeah. I scream. So, oh, yeah. So, you know.
2: Maybe you go up to Minnesota. There's a lot of, like, little islands up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I've thought about this. Actually, Um, I think my first step would be to go to my parents'
1: house. Oh, that's true.
0: Because they're... They're kind of, you know, isolated. They've got water, you know. And my mom, with the amount of food they have in the house, you think they're always ready for a zombie apocalypse. You
2: know, season two of The Walking Dead, they they hung out at that plantation for a while, but then that herd of zombies came through. What if that happens?
0: I mean, my assumption in any of those situations is I'm going to die eventually, so. Yeah. Excellent. That's a good question. That was a good question.
1: We didn't answer it, because... I don't know it's, it's, too it's too hard we just have to wait for the apocalypse to come maybe yeah. we team up and we survive way better because it, your how? strengths I don't know how do you take away my hunger from me Well, because I would require less food you could have my shares I wouldn't do that I would, requ- I would force you to we would be looking at each other like this you would cherry pits me today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well right. that's it Oh, loved it very good Hey, if you want to get in on uh, that those questions next time, all you have to do is join our Patreon to get in the Discord. Patreon.com slash lgcc podcast. That's LGTC Podcast. <laughs> I slurred all those letters together. I just spat everywhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast. Find us on social media. We're we on now we have to do Supreme Court inductions. Oh fuck. <laughs> 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 Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. Shit, let me pull up my thing. Oh, she's unprepared. (laughs) I am.
0: (laughs) Ready for the zombie apocalypse, but not prepared for the thing we do at the end of every episode? Nope. The what now? What are we doing? (laughs) Okay, guys, this is our final time doing your least favorite word. We are coming up with a new question for the next round. What yes. will it be? I have no idea right now. Who we knows? Gotta, we got to think about That's it. That's right. For this week's induction, I'd like you all to stand, bend over, put your Spread hands em.
1: by <laughs> your butt,
0: and do the Ace Ventura talking butt <laughs> cheeks thing.
1: Excellent. Whoa. Jamie Lynn Grant. Tummy. Haley Ward. Ruined, because she's from the South. And pronounces it weird, and people make fun of her for it. She says she pronounces it weren't. I'd make fun of you too, Haley.
2: <laughs> you know, I knew a Haley Ward. You did? In North Carolina. Mm, well, from maybe in the with South. Her.
1: Oh, okay. oh, How Same did she say Is she the away? one that got away? The one. In another
2: <laughs> life. <laughs> no.
0: Amanda Service.
1: Amanda, you picked a word I've never heard of before. I think she's messing with us. Effleurage? Effleurage? Who knows? Spell what it. a terrible word. E-F-F-L-E-U-R-A-G-E. F-l-age. Ooh. Mm, what a kill that? Mm, not bad.
2: A form of massage involving a circular oh. stroking movement made with the palm of the hand.
1: Ooh. Sarah Hemperley. Panties. Ugh, same. Madison Trot. Crayon. Because everyone in Utah pronounces it crayon, and I can't handle it. I also cannot yeah, handle it. I
0: agree. When people say crayon, crayon no. or crown,
1: both bother me. It's crayon. Yeah, Carrie Ann Lauren. I don't really dislike any words, but when people say supposedly, I want to cry a bit.
0: I, Sorry, agree. I agree.
1: supposedly it's supposedly
0: yes. <laughs> also, when people want to say specifically, but they say specifically,
2: specifically yes.
1: <laughs> Aaron Boudreau. Bulge. Ooh, Ooh notices Ooh. his bulge.
2: <laughs> Ooh, what's this?
1: <laughs> Mark LeBeau. Anti disestablishmentarianism. You thought you'd trip us up, oh, didn't you, Mark? Nice try, Mark. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Supreme Court. Court. And now, Brandy, you can wrap things oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, back to what I was saying previously. <laughs> Guys, thank you for your support. If you want to support us further, please subscribe to the podcast. Find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, all of those places. And, and, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, I forgot what I say next. Leave us a review. Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then once you've done all that, be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast Podcast adjourned. adjourned.
0: And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary.
1: And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia.
0: So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts, For this episode, I got my info from Wikipedia
1: and Newspapers.com. And I got my info from an article by William DeLong for All Things Interesting, an article by Emily Thompson for Morbidology, an episode of Dr. Phil, as well as a couple of articles in The Tennessean.
0: For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com.
1: Any errors are of course ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.